0: Welcome to the official podcast of 4 We have the power. I'm your host, AJ, a.k.a. Voodoo Magic, a.k.a. Zor. And today's episode is titled The Huntsman, named after the classic He-Man and the Masters of the Universe filmation episode of the same name that featured a collector named Baron Grodd who hunted down and collected, not killed, The most prized trophies of Eternia. Now, Baron learned at the end of the episode the error of his ways in hunting living things. But the trophies we collect are Eternian plastic. And it's a hobby that has brought so much nostalgic joy to so many. And what better person to talk about this hobby with than RJ, which if you collect Motu, you probably already know him as the man child, the host of his popular YouTube channel, the man child that features unboxings, reviews and great dedication to his action figure love and a celebration of his ever growing magnificent, impressive toy collection. So So, RJ, I'm so glad you could join us today, buddy. Welcome. Thank you. No, it's good to be here. Now, just to uh, preface this, I am a huge fan of RJ's, and uh, we were talking a week or so ago about his channel and how he presents himself, and I compared him to a vintage Howard Stern in a good (laughs) way, (laughs) in a good way, totally good way. Now, for anyone who is unaware of Howard Stern, I know we have a lot of listeners overseas, Uh, He was the number one radio host in the United States uh, several decades ago who recognized why most people liked him was not because of his dirty jokes or attractive or strange guests he would have on, but rather it was his ability to be honest and open with his listeners and the way he would invite them in and into his personal life. And that's what made R.J appealing to me and his channel, where he would do the same thing. You know, anyone can take a He-Man figure and talk about a ball joint here and an ab crunch there. But what I find so appealing about you, RJ, is uh, you've discussed your family on your channel. You've introduced your wife. You basically wear your uh, heart out on your sleeve. So has this honesty, this like openness of yours, has it
1: always been part of your personality? Oh, yeah, totally. yeah, 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 I've been like that since a kid. Um, and like we were talking about earlier on my channel, I, when I, I try to treat people on my channel, whether it's the subscribers or viewers or friends, which a lot of us become, just like we're a couple of people hanging out in our toy or man or toy caves together, as friends, checking out our toys. Um I have a best friend up the street to this day, thirty plus years, and when I do get the opportunity to go over his house, he's the same exact age as me. You know, uh, still is home, video games, uh, collects Motu and toys. We act the same way. So that's exactly how I try to talk to people on my channel and reviews, whether I do it you know, subconsciously or consciously. You know, when I'm messing around with the toys, sometimes I'm trying to focus on just doing a review and doing, you know, decent cuts and not trying to make everything so boring. But I'm really trying to I'm really trying to focus to act like we're friends. I'm not just talking to somebody as your number, you know.
0: Yeah, and you were mentioning to me that was important. Also, that you um, weren't sounding like a game show host, you know, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like some people come off.
1: Well, yeah, I don't want to sound like that. It's a, I, actually part of that is because I'm just as guilty as that when I first started reviewing toys or trying to yeah you know, open up a smartphone for the first time and filming and just uploading anything on YouTube, which anybody can. I mean, yeah. I was the biggest moron to even use the camera on a, a smartphone my phone, not to mention edit. I knew nothing about that, but like I said, you know, we talked about earlier, way back a week ago, how why I started channel my purpose. and We'll get into that. Um, yeah, it's just uh, I it it's I just that's just just how I like doing the reviews and how I do like you know like doing things, you know,
0: yeah, and it comes across very genuine and um, and you know, you had said something uh, pretty profound on your channel. Uh, I think it was a couple of times you, you had said that uh, toy collecting had saved your life. Yes. And I'd like to jump down that rabbit hole with you and we could dig ourselves out of it. But I think that we should probably start at the beginning when mm-hmm. you were a child. So what was your origin toys as a child? You know, your beginning, your start, like, and it doesn't necessarily <laughs> just have to be Masters of the Universe brand, but just toys in general
1: yeah that's a good question um you know it, it's funny it people you meet on you you know any type of social media network in this case youtube in the comments and somebody like yourself or me and when you they get to know you and they see your toy collection i'll, I'll give you an example like in, in the pic you you have that were set up in the background on the big um super seven snake mountain all the stuff i have i probably got a hundred plus thousand dollars in toys now I say that because people come into comments and go, oh, you know, it, it's so cool what you got, or I'm jealous. I wish I had that. I I do it, too, on people's YouTube channel. Like, oh, you got that? I'm jealous. Which is cool. You know, it's fun. But at the same time, I, what I'm saying is the grass isn't greener on the other side. So going back to my childhood, yeah, I always had a love of miniatures, toys. I was always fascinated by that. Monsters. Um, So, I mean, you're going back 40. Yeah, I mean, I'm 48 now. So if, I'd say about a time I was about I can remember, it's probably about four. I had an uncle that was an artist, and he used to make um, model kits, which I did some years later. but I remember him having like uh, Ford pickups and helicopters, and he's seen all little different miniatures. I was so fascinated by that. and he would build these models and paint them, hang them from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. I remember having a uh, vintage, and I love fire trucks and police cars and all that stuff, too, you know, like a lot of us kids did. And I remember having this vintage diecast set of cars I was so fascinated with. Now I grew up very poor. Okay, um, again, it's somebody you just don't know people till you get like you're interviewing with me. It's interesting people's backstory. My real biological father. I remember playing with these toys when I'm bringing up. It's going to sound kind of strange, but he bought me the die casting and the ambulance. I remember playing with him on the table, and he was laying behind me, and he basically died in his sleep. So when I was four. Uh, my father was dead behind me as I'm playing with this vintage fire engine ambulance that I always wanted, and he brought it home for the first time, playing on a table. And he just, he, he, I remember complaining of a real bad migraine headache, and my mom, my mom at the time was like, uh, "Go to the hospital, go to hospital, And he didn't. I didn't know what was going on. I remember we went to the beach the day before or something when the headache started. But yeah, that day that was one of my first big toy memories. It's not something. And then my, uh, he didn't wake up. I, it was very blurry, but my mom coming and shaking them And I was trying to shake get them up And the next thing, I, it was like a blur I was over somebody's house, had cops and ambulance, And uh, yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was pretty much my experience with um, toys I really want I got in hand, and yeah, my, you know, I found my father like that So moving on, I wound up moving to my grandmom Going back to that uncle that I would see on and off that made those model kits And I loved Godzilla Godzilla was big too then So I'm about When my dad died when I was about four, I was about five or six I want to say And he used to was a good artist, because he loved to draw Godzilla And We'd go up to the Five and Dime It was a little story called at the time And we'd have dinosaur toys, and I always wanted A Godzilla Now if you look around my man cave, you can't see now but I've shown it tour, I have X Plus I have Godzilla stuff like you can't believe You know, it's just, now you gotta have it Because I didn't have it then, I always wanted it, I got stuff that looks like it jumped out of the you know, you, you see the detail, like three, four hundred dollar figures coming out of the TV. I never thought my life, I'm sure a lot of us adult toy collectors would have this stuff now. But I always wanted a Godzilla and I remember getting dinosaurs at the five and dime the kind of like a trying rubber triceratops or something. We used to make yeah. believe it's Godzilla yeah, yeah. That, you know, that yeah, was my I had Godzilla. all those plastic
0: dinosaurs. Yeah. yeah. Well they they I had think, no articulation no, right? no no
1: but I think if I'm not mistaken I don't know if Toho was around then. I think they did make Godzilla toys. And I remember somebody giving me some broken... Now I'm about seven or eight, so we're going up the ladder here, okay? And I remember um, getting some broken Godzilla toys. I couldn't didn't get a Godzilla, but I had like... They might have had like Gigan or something. You're familiar with some of the the Godzilla characters, right? And um, uh, who's the other one? Um, I think it was Titanosaur or something like that they made. And yeah, they were about this big. But the arm was missing. And I remember seeing them in the vintage Godzilla films. I was, I, you couldn't believe how happy I was to have that stuff. But I never got a Godzilla, you know? Now. You know, it, it's
0: funny because that's one of my <laughs> toys. You know, everyone has toys that got away, meaning like the, yes. there, there's toys you wanted as a kid for your birthday or for Christmas. Yep. And you never received one. And I had two that I never received. And they weren't Motu related. I, I got everything I wanted Motu. It was. Um, the Shogun Godzilla. Do you remember? Okay, Godzilla I do. That would shoot his arm. Yep. I have no I idea why Godzilla could shoot his arm, but I, yeah, but I do remember right that.
1: Now. Yeah, never had that. No, but I never. Today, it wasn't till year I didn't like as far as Godzilla, and we're getting into Mo too soon. So we're yeah. going here. Um, so I'm about six, seven. About that time, had some Godzilla toys had uh, toy guns uh all kinds of stuff like that a lot of monsters i remember a lot of rubber monsters going back to that my mom would get me giant insects but i'd make believe they were godzilla toys so i would really say my heart and soul going back to a child was always sea creatures godzilla motus coming soon um yeah monsters anything like that but i'd say by the time i was so let's see so my dad already died all right we're we're past that. And my mom met my stepdad. Now I brought him up in some of my videos. What a terrific guy. Now, let me tell you something. It he saved me my mom's life. Um, I was about seven, maybe eight now. I think seven when she met him. And next thing we move in with him, I was about eight years old. Okay. Um he was a commercial fisherman, a lobsterman. So I grew up on the water lobster boats. So I, I got to see all this cool stuff as a kid, eight, nine, been out. And seas, 25 foot high, I've seen sharks, I've seen sea turtles, everything you can imagine. Um, some really cool stuff. Dangerous, too, and scary. But And I got to work on a lobster boat years later. I um, don't know if... But we were really poor. So Aside the little toys I had, now getting into Motu, we finally moved into this little apartment. And where I grew up at the time, I, I said this on my channel as a joke, but it was the, it was the ghetto. <laughs> we call it the ghetto. So... It was strange because it was a side of town where a lot of, you know, a lot of black kids lived, and a lot of these black kids were my friends. And I think there was only two or three white kids and I was one of them. And it's kind of where my accent comes from, but they were all great. I love those guys. We had a lot of fun. But it was funny is they all collected like He-Man and Master Universe. First time I seen it. And one of the other kids that I grew up, that I grew up with, he was like, so he had like different levels of, of kids that had few figures and the kid that had everything. I was like in between later when I started getting into the collection from I remember. But I never forget my first, so now we're getting in, yeah, Motu. My first figures my mom brought home was Zodak and I think it was Whiplash. I thought it was the coolest things I ever seen, right? The colors, the muscles. Who made anything like that? The hairy chest. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Zodak <laughs> with the hairy chest, and just the, yeah, it was. I've never seen anything like that. I was so fascinated by it. Now, by the time I got into collecting, oh my! So my friend had a lot of stuff. That's why I, I did. You know, he. I, I seen bits and pieces of it, pieces of it, but I finally got some in hand, and then I went over his house and really started paying attention to his collection because he had Transformers and a bunch of stuff, and his mom started buying him everything. He had, you know, the regular vintage He-Man, a skeleton, all the figures out at the time. This was something about, I think, uh, eight or nine. It was 1982 or three. So you you'd go back on the internet now and I'd see what figures were out. But you couldn't get a, I couldn't get a hold of a, a regular He-Man with a chest arm and skeletor because they were sold out. So you had I had the Zodak, I had um he had a whiplash. My mom next guy was and here it's funny things to remember. Next guy was Merman. The next guy was Triclops. The next guy was Battle Armored He-Man. The next guy was Battle Armored Skeletor and so forth and so I think Faker, because I think Faker, too, was sold out. You couldn't find him anywhere. Then I got Vehicles. I think I got Battle Cat, Panther, you know, that kind of thing. Screech, Zor, Zor, Zor. And now I'm getting really big into the collection. Of course, my buddy and my other friend, well, especially the one buddy I was talking about, he had everything. He already had, like, Snake Mountain. I think everybody came out and all that stuff. They finally re-released the, um, you could probably look back on the history of that, but they finally re-released the regular, like I was saying, the, the all the wave, we'll call it wave one and two figures, right? The TLA Man-at-Arms, Beastman, Skeletor. I was so happy to go into, I think it was Bradley's at the time, and see all them on shelves. They even re-released the Faker. So now I was able to catch up on all that beautiful card art. Even to that, that, even to this day too, and you know, like with the origins, for example. I mean, I have all the classics, I have all the master verse, and pretty much all the origins to this point. But the origins, nothing. All those lines do something unique, you know. But the origins, man, that card art. I, it's just going back to what we're talking about. I, I, it's like, oh my god. But you didn't have the internet then, internet at the time. So yeah, the card art was kind of what predicted or show what figures was out or coming out. So it's cool to get all that stuff. You know, no, now not, I gotta say, just hold yeah. that,
0: hold that one sec, man. I know yep. you and I are from the same stomping ground. Boy, did you take me back when you said Bradley's?
1: Oh man, it's. A... <laughs> Do you remember Caldors? <laughs> yeah, There was another yeah. one. Yeah, I did, but I never. The, the one friend I'm talking about, Um, his name was Earl. Says so no Earl. Earl. Uh, his mom would take him to those places. I would only go to Bradley's, and it was a, K- yeah, it was a Kmart. I remember going out with him and his mom. And it was a special treat because I would get to go to Kmart and I would get to go to Caldors and service merchandise was another one too. Right. And and some of the weirder figures that you couldn't find at Bradley's later on, that's where he was getting them. I'll give example, like when buzz off and Mechanek and that came out Fisto and Jitsu, right. They all came out around the same time. That's where he was finding them, but I never got to go there. He go, Oh, look at this, you know, this guy, now we're jumping ahead a little bit. So by the time we we're nine or ten, and uh, 1984, three or four, whatever it was when that those particular figures came out. However, we did have a child's world that just opened up. Now, Toys R Us is another one too. I never in my life went. I never heard. I've heard of it. I've never seen a commercial with Jeffrey the Giraffe. I'm like, oh, Toys R Us. We never had one where I was at. I didn't go. To, I didn't go to Toys R Us. Until I was about 21 years old and got my toy collecting, which we'll get into later. Ah. That's the first time I got to go to a Toys R Us. Isn't that something? Well, yeah, I, child... was a, I was a Toys R Us kid. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> I wanted what... to be. I was a Child's World kid, and what was funny is that Child's World closed down years later, and it became yeah. the Toys R Us. So, and then they closed down when the Toys R Us collapse happened some uh, some year, whatever, a few years ago now. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> my my head slips so much time and everything, but whenever all yeah you know, they ended. Yeah. So I got to go to Child's World, and that's where I was. I hit the gold mine. That layout with. Because Motu was a billion dollar brand then. You know, if you've seen a Netflix special Right, the toys that made us Explain the whole, yeah, I've seen, everybody's seen it yep. um, But it made a lot of sense How it, it creeped up from those vintage figures All the way to this billion dollar brand And I remember The aisle just had this huge aisle of all the figures hanging And the vehicles, and by that time I, had, I already had Castle Grayskull, I think I'd just Got in Snake Mountain it's funny to remember the memories too. With somebody's, uh, I've told some on my channel, but I remember getting Snake Mountain for the first time, right, for Christmas. And I remember sitting back in the car, because you know I asked my mom in a week, and you could see the box back there. Oh, don't look, you know, as she was trying to hide it. I, I knew what it was. I was so excited, but I remember getting Snake Mountain brand new. And the microphone for Christmas, I had a problem with the microphone. I, I had a had a nine volt battery. And I'm like, and I'm, I'm playing with it. And so, so it, the mic would work in and out. Basically, that's probably about uh, not maybe 10 in or something like that when it come out. And the um the nine volt battery I didn't install properly to make a long story short. But I had a friend that was a little older than me and he was in electronics and play around motors and, t- you know, the old tongue tested batteries. Yeah. Let me tell you something. You don't put your tongue in a nine volt battery. So where do you think I'm going to go with this? I'm going to take the nine volt battery. I go, oh, my friend, Eddie, yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe the batteries. It was a brand new door cell at the time. Door cells, pretty good batteries. And I'm like this. I'm looking around. I go, maybe the battery's dead. I put my tongue on the two ends. It arced me and knocked me back, and I fell back three feet and it burnt my tongue. <laughs> and I was like this. And a brand new night. I mean, cr- just memories you do, stupid. So I my memory of Snake Mountain, electrocute myself on an eyeball. Battery's brand new, and I thought it wasn't working. I had it in wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, little things like that, going back to my childhood, Motu, you know? <laughs> so did so, so did
0: Motu become your toy? Because for me, it became a toy. I mean, it was first Star Wars for a little while, but then, you know, you had this little, like, scrawny little Luke Skywalker, and then here was He-Man, you know, with all the muscles, and, and there was no comparison, no competition at that
1: point. I never know? collected anything else but... I mean, I've had like some monsters, I had a lot of toy guns I loved guns my whole life Um, Had some toy guns I had uh, I'm trying to think what else I had Odds and ends, I'll put it that way But Motu was everything Now all my friends had G.I. Joe I'm familiar with that stuff I don't know every character I could name Um, Transformers The same, my friend Earl had everything He had some G.I. Joe, but he had all the Transformers the G1s at the time that, you know, the um, Optimus, Prime, all them guys. Uh, and, and they were transformers in a day, man. The way they were transforming the saw. Oh. I mean, that was the stuff. Right, yeah, you know, that was the stuff to have. That was and impressive. Did, I
0: couldn't stand those because it took me so long to play with. You know, anytime. Oh, you, could.
1: Oh, you know. Could. Once they were, yeah. Once they were open, they were open. I, I'm just saying, I'm not saying they're the most practical thing, but compared to the stuff today from what I'm hearing and people I talk to. It's junk. The things break. The, I, I can totally see that with the way manufacturing is done today with what we'll get into a little while or articulation and the newer stuff. I see it. I've done some toy hunts, depending on how I feel. And I see a lot of the G1 stuff coming back and the movie stuff. And I'm like, it looks cool. But how does it work? And from the comments, I'm like, oh, it's garbage. It's no good. So I, I don't know. But I, Motu was everything for me. I'm very familiar with all that stuff I grew up with, but I, I never had anything. But yeah, all master universe.
0: Yeah. Well, no, I was actually just talking about the transformation. You know, it's like <clears throat> the He-Man toys. I wouldn't even read the, uh, the, the Motu mini comics. You know, I would take them out of the packaging yeah. and, and start playing right away. But with oh, the yeah. Transformers, I'd love them. But, you know, when you're playing and you watch the cartoons, you want Optimus Prime to turn to a robot, to turn to a truck, to turn to a robot. But it would take like a 10 minute oh. interval just to do your transforming and you get them back into a truck. And I just didn't have the patience to do that. So, transform- Dude, I, didn't, I
1: wasn't good with a Rubik's Cube when I was a kid. <laughs> so I wasn't doing no transformers. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. become a mechanic years later in a welder. Yeah, it's
0: funny, right? Uh, it's funny. I, I had the uh, writer of uh, Masters of the Universe Revelation, one of the writers, Tim Sheridan on. Okay. He, and we brought this up because he wrote, um episodes for the transformers netflix series. oh really yeah and um and he was making <laughs> fun of me he was like oh was it tough to play with your toys did it take you 20 <laughs> minutes to transform i feel yeah. so bad for you and he made me feel appropriately like a dope but i don't know at the time I
1: just, and we were we were lazy kids and that's yeah. sort of, you know moto was so simple yeah you know it didn't even have it five points of articulation right i mean yep. It, it, and I was a type of kid too With my moto I said this on I think a tour video I did or something I never really played with my stuff I was It's interesting The stuff that followed me over 40 plus years later That I had That type of mentality as a kid So I would get all my figures Take them out of Like I said I didn't read the comics I flipped through them I Maybe I did It didn't matter it, They were cool looking And another interesting thing With the comics too That we're seeing come around today Now with the origins Is that The figures there A lot of the first you know the art on the comics didn't look like like trap and triclops they were different they weren't what you got in toy form we can get into that later but now you're starting to see variants you know come out in the origins especially and that that disappointed me too like why does triclops look like a, the christmas tree instead of the green toy we got and trap was yellow you know and and we got that green which i actually like the colors on the figures better than the comic books but it's cool now we're getting that stuff because now i got to have both <laughs> you know but they were very simple and that's what i liked about it but i never really played with my stuff I, I actually collected it i had figures i'd bang around or i'd go to my friend's house and play with these things but my stuff had to be i don't know what that was see. you know the I, I don't i don't know but everything had to be on the table if they came with the wha- the, the the excuse me action sword had to be on on hand the he-man had to be on a battle cat and oh my god I had this impressive layout. Now, we're getting later on into the collection when, you know, uh, I had, like I said, now we're at what uh, The Fright Zone was out by now, all the Horde, all that stuff. I so, had everything like, go so ahead. So,
0: before a teenager then, um, you were right. already focusing. I was about
1: 10, year, 10 11 years old now I'm time I'm talking.
0: Yeah. So, you were already focusing then on display versus yes, play, playability. Exactly.
1: Yep. Exactly. It had
0: to be all pristine. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Couldn't touch them, you couldn't, yeah. I mean, it's like I I didn't even like playing with them and I had everything set up. My friends come over and thought that was like, go over there. I'm like, no, whoa, 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 no I they they thought I was nuts. You know, it's just like uh even my mom was like that's that's odd. You know, that's how all my stuff sat. And even as I got newer figures, all the way up to um almost to right where the line ended. I think the first I think the only figures I never had, I brought this up. I had the dinosaurs, I had everything. The only thing I never had, I never had an attorney. and I brought this up. I remember, and now I'm uh, tomorrow. I'm finally funding the Origins one. I'm wh- a lot of people, like of all people, surprise you haven't funded this. You get a King Grayskull. I go, well, now if you get ten thousand backers, you're gonna get the King Grayskull, and all the King Grayskull is has a Revelation head on a Clamp Jam <laughs> body. I mean, take a look at it. It's not yeah. getting nothing special. I mean, come on, but it's cool. But I. it's been a bad month financially and that's what i had to wait for so i yeah million things went wrong and uh so tomorrow i'm finally got the funds i'm gonna fund it because it ends in like four or five days i think yeah kickstarter right or something yeah so but i never had a vintage attorney and i remember in child's world one time this was towards the end of the collecting my i went i was with my mom and i went around a corner and there it was in a big box on the floor had that big beautiful tower. It was 99 99 $100. I said, Mom, Eternia. Because I remember seeing on the back of a card art or a magazine or something. And it was a very rare toy. It was only like a, a toy Rich Kids had. It was really rare. She says, No way. Never seen one again. Till decades later on YouTube when I started getting this and I started watching the videos and people, Oh, I got a turn, you know, vintage tourney a playset set up. But that's my story on never having an attorney So I never had attorney, I never had Blade From the movie I had Sore Ride, and I never had a Vintage War Trooper And a um, couple odds and ends But I had everything By the time I stopped collecting an attorney came out, I think I was about 11 or 12 Maybe, so now we're up to age 12 Yeah And um, I had everything laid out Never played with it, now I have a big collection going Um and then I started, by the time I got age of 13 or 14, we moved uh, across town. Actually, to before, house- we, before yes, we go, go there,
0: were you a fan of the Filmation
1: television show? Oh, I love, oh, the cartoon. See, that's yeah. what I grew up on. I grew up on the Filmation cartoon. Yeah, that's interesting to ask, too. So I grew up on the vintage toy line, and I grew up on a Filmation cartoon. And it's interesting you said that because, you know, when you're, you're passionate like you or I am with Motu... And you try to do reviews, you got to be careful what you say. Yeah. Some, especially with the newer stuff coming out. And I'll I, you know, I try to do research. Sometimes I just try to be me. I try to be honest. I try to have fun. But sometimes I will say something incorrect, it's my fault, call me out. And oh my god, people tear you apart. That's not, you know, so I see something on a card art and I'll say, "Oh, it looks like a uh, Teela." It's somebody else. I'll give an example. I think it was on a one-dollar card art at or Origins. It was like um Serena Sorell. I never even heard of her. And it looked like <laughs> Battleground Teela from the classics because I have one. It's actually it's one up there. I'm looking at it right now. It looked exactly like her. Oh, go, maybe Origins is showing a Battleground Teela. Somebody said, That's Sorella. How can you not know that? Da, da, da. I go, I, all right, you know, and I and in a follow-up video, I made fun of myself and brought the um Battleground Teela in from the classics. And I said, Listen, I, I thought this was I'm um, correcting myself. Wow, this is Sur- I think Sorella they called her or something. Never heard of her. But the person made a point too. They're to like, the one are so we're going historically now and I said look I'm not a Motu historian let's get something straight I'm a guy that loves Motu that likes reviewing stuff and I'm trying to be honest and have fun I never claim to work for Mattel I never claim that you know be a historian but sometimes if you're gonna be reviews and you got you know you're gonna be good at them you got to do a little extra research or you just screw up and just call me out but that's one example of how passionate people are to the Motu universe because it really goes deep. Especially when you start getting to all the different um, when you get away from the filmation and vintage is what I'm getting at, that connects to all this, but I have some of those Motu like master guides. and if you really get into those, or Pixel Dan, of course, I mean, he's the King of King, right? Uh, yeah. All the stuff he's talked about, he made his I know he wrote his own book, which I actually got, and it's incredible, just the um, history of the toys and how you know you go to new adventures and into the classics. it really gets crazy, some of the lore to 2000 X. And some stuff gets mixed around, or some stories don't lead up to, uh, you know. I, from what I noticed so it, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of tricky as you're getting into the newer stuff. So I'm more familiar with the classics. As of now, the filmation I grew up with in the vintage, the Masterverse lines very interesting. The Origins is going back to the vintage, but even that's trying to step outside and do different things. So, yeah, it's kind of a really mixed bag of uh, new concepts and ideas you got to keep on on top of, but. I know what I know, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah.
0: That. Filmation was always my baseline. Um, right. That was always where that and the vintage toys. And that really was the show of the toys and vice sure. versa.
1: Well, that was made made by um, the market, the toys. That was the whole reason why it came out with, right. I think, the filmation. Right.
0: Right. And the toys came out, what, 82 and then the 80- filmation.
1: 83, I think, or 84, 83, I think. A year I later think- 83
0: what? was filmation like it started right, in October. yes right so I, I always knew that very well and so that was always my baseline and in 2000 and x and well definitely new ventures but um 2000 x was a reboot right really a lot of the lore had changed the sword um, different. there were a lot of they, they carried a lot of it but it wasn't actually continuing the continuity you know it wasn't it was
1: more of a retelling perfect
0: example actually
1: yeah 2000x seemed to go i want to say it was more of a prequel to the filmation. so it was before well no that's not true either because they did bring in okay prince adam but they show king gray skull and how to pat when he died with and then if you go see the classics gets into that the classics really in the bios um obviously you know spectral Spectre Creative Channel, right? Scott yeah. Toy Group, right? Okay, he worked on the classics. Uh, he's another guy. I love his channel. If anybody knows about all his stuff, and of course, he was the brand manager for Mattel for all those years before Super 7 took over a license. He wrote, from what I watched, a lot of bios for those characters because he worked on the weekends. He was the nobody else wanted. That's how the classics came about, was because of his passion towards it. And of course, the team on Mattel, but they wrote a lot of bios. To squeeze with the classics because they did every figure and went beyond, and they squeezed new adventures figures in. They squeezed filmation, some filmation they got into later. Super Seven more, got into more later, but they wanted to do all the vintage figures. They brought two thousand X yet a new adventures, and they had to kind of create some of the bios off going back to the backstory what Mattel had from what I remember him saying on one, some of his um, YouTube videos to bring all these characters and make them work together in the classics. So. 2000x was a strange one to me, and I that was a show too. I didn't see till years later. I didn't see it in 2002 or three, I didn't even know about it. Oh, no! So I was already at it, I was toy collecting, but I was Motu was kind of out of the spotlight for a while. And all my vintage toys, and I told the story, were in the attic. Uh, we'll get into that. might yeah, that's that's a whole other thing, but um, it, it goes yeah, it goes all over the place. I, I'm, I'm, it's one of well, those you- things.
0: You can't know everything. It's basically what hey, I mean. You I mean, couldn't I mean.
1: said it any better. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. a lot of my
0: like retrospective podcasts and stuff, I usually mm. caveat in the beginning. I apologize in advance if I get anything wrong. Yep. We're we're all fans, and we're all doing our best. Yep. You know, but uh, all right. So let's move on uh, to okay. your teenage years, right? Thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Yep. So. So this is when many of us, you know, start becoming interested in pursuing relationships and um and also we we start getting interested in like content with more adult themes and adult sensibilities. So where did you stand at that age uh with collecting?
1: Okay, so by the time I was 13, 14, I'd say by the time I was 12 or 13, I kind master of mastered university like or we saying, I seen the attorney thing that kind of ended now. I did get into the real Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, I don't know how I just slipped my mind, was a major part, like Godzilla. Oh, in the 80s, uh, M-O-2. I love Ghostbusters. I remember making a proton pack out of cardboard. and I I, I was pretty good artistically. Oh, yeah, I made a proton pack that was life-size. I remember pausing the movie, the original 84 movie, and the part where they show I try to get images. I take pictures. I remember taking pictures and I made this one of a carboy spray paint. I used plastic parts, the cyclotron. I remember using this round thing. I color lights. I didn't make it light up. I didn't, I didn't know how to do that then. But it looked pretty cool. I made the one. I didn't even know the name of the parts like I do now. But I remember going to school for show and tell and I won because how impressive this thing looked. I, wow. I, I had like, yeah, I had a jumpsuit. It didn't have no logos, but I remember I went to like Halloween, like three three times on Halloween, by the time I was 12 and 13, you know, time I was 13, I got out of it. But I remember going out and people were just so impressed with the you know what I made. Mean? So Ghostbusters was a big part of it. That's you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah, I love Ghostbusters too. Oh I, have,
0: I have some over here out of the camera shot. You yeah, can't I kind of see, see them.
1: I, I kind of see. All right. Yeah, a little bit. It, it's small, I,
0: I have like a uh, blue a Blu-ray trap over there. Oh, you nice. Know, they, just, they came yeah. out. Did you see that collector set?
1: I did, Yeah. Yeah. I, I have um I have uh, Egon's Neutron wand. Oh. I don't have a prop. You know, with all the stuff I have, it gets to the point. I almost bought the real Proton pack, the light up one day on eBay, the whole see, there was custom made ones that were two thousand dollars. I'm like, oh. what am I gonna do with this thing? I got I have um Blitzway, the I have the three Ghostbusters from Blitzway with the Proton and a Mattel, and they look like something they took right out of the movie. I mean, you're not gonna get any better. I thought I don't know if I have one. No, I don't. So it's off to the side, but good enough for me to, the one six scale trap you know all that stuff um but the real ghostbusters come around i yeah. couldn't believe they made a cartoon about that because and i think this was right before ghostbusters 2 came out and i was so intrigued by ghostbusters 1 and the equipment yeah you know, we used to play ghostbusters and all that crazy stuff but i always yeah. wondered what was beyond that you know and then the cartoon kind of filled in the blanks like motu like the filmation, going back to Motu, what the filmation did, trying to inspire your imagination, what those figures in a toy line can do. I, right? Okay. That's kind of, but they look different, right? The filmation, yeah, the same thing as, why is, why does He Man and Filmation don't look like the toy again? you know, like the comics. You're going back to that. And interesting years later, where Super Seven made all the vintage, I have quite a bit of them, not all of them, but they made the He Man, a skeleton, the license they had, it, like they jumped right out of a cartoon. It's like, oh my God, that's what I've been waiting for. That's what I wanted as a kid. But the Ghostbusters had the real cartoon come out. And I was, it was just so cool. Even though the characters look like he gone with the big hair. It was just, it, it was cool. Yeah. It worked.
0: And it was blonde, right? Wasn't it was it?
1: fun. Yeah. <laughs> and so the Kenner came out with a lot of those toys and I was on it, man. The Ecto-1, I had, yeah, Peter Venkman, All a lot of this stuff, but they were kind of silly. Some of the things, you know, cause I was getting a little older now. So 13, 14, so we're trying to answer your question is when I started collecting this stuff, I collected most of the line so, I wasn't collecting Motu anymore, but I had everything set up on tables. I was collecting most of the real Ghostbusters line. And I think, I think that was the last toy line I had cl- the Firehouse that Kenner Firehouse put together. And I think I'm about 14 now, and I just stopped toy collecting. Yeah. Now, like you're saying, I'm kind of, I am um, i don't know, Graham, six, six or seven, you know, whatever, six or seven at a time. And yeah, I was getting it with girls, and I loved toys, but I thought there was something wrong with me. It wasn't. It just felt abnormal, and I hung around with a mix of friends that were my age, had a couple older and some of the younger friends. So the younger friends that were two or three years younger were still messing around with toys, but people my age, they were in, yeah, basketball, this that, fishing, all that kind of stuff. So I wasn't really a big sports player, you know, but I forced myself to kind of get into that. Um, I got into martial arts. Went to taekwondo. I did that for. A lot of years, which was fun I used to like to fight, I was a fighter You know, and box and stuff mm. So I did a lot out with my friends That was kind of my sport And yeah, I just went on from there From four, uh, say 14, 15, 16, got into more girls And we moved Now I'm about 16 Okay, so I say, let um, me think So we moved across town I'm trying to get the house I'm in now I've been in this house for about 35 years now Where Where I'm at now and right now I'm in my man cave, the garage, which is separate from the house. But when I moved at age 13, almost 14, all my stuff went into the attic. Ghostbusters. He-Man just went up and everything went in boxes. Just tables were gone. My setup, I missed it, man. I loved it, but I just, so some of my head's not right. I can't collect toys and It's ridiculous, but I always had a knack for it. It was just always there. So back into sports and fishing and all the things I did. Um, so, your parents didn't get rid of any of them, right? No, you know, no some no, of the parents, parents
0: threw away the comics or they nope. threw away. Okay.
1: All went in my attic and the, the house I'm at now. So, I moved inside. To, um, I'm sorry, I'm jumping around. So, the house I'm at now, everything went in the attic. Yeah. Um, all right. So, all the things I mentioned that I did, I got into this, I got into that. By the time I was, I'm trying to think. All right, 18, 19. By the time I was 19, I got out of high school a little late. For some reason, I was 19 when I got out. I started working at the I, I left my job because of my in- injuries, illness. We talked about it earlier. I worked twenty-one years at that job, so I left about st- eight years ago now. But I started that job. I was a, it was at a water treatment plant. I was a I was a laborer. I did everything, man. Jack Hameron I, I I'd done jobs I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy in a sewer plant. My first ten years in that place, I hated it. But then I had it made. I loved it. And then I left the job years later. But I started there at 19, right out of high school. I worked in a pizza place. Um, my dad was a commercial fisherman, lost in, like we're saying. So I had a lot of experience working out in the boats and, and I loved it out there, man. But I always get seasick. I love the ocean. I was a scuba diver, um, which I become later. I did that for about thir- 12 or 13 years. And then I got sick that ended, but all the way through that time. So I'm giving you some backstory. I was 19. I was working um yes yeah, sc- uh, scuba diving fishing that was my hobby and stuff like that i got an airsoft guns loved that stuff that mm-hmm. was really cool i loved the military but because of some i always wanted to go into marines my father was in korea i was always fascinated by that but because of uh, my job and trying to take care of my dad and then i um i also had reactive arthritis so it kind of plays into some of the illness i have now it would flare up it was like a lupus-like condition i would i would Weightlift and you know, all this very exertive and stuff like that. I, I was kind of guy I'd go a million miles an hour. I'm still like that even through you know, but because of my the way I sit, I, I can't anymore. Um, but I have to go a million miles an hour. And uh, all right, so I was saying I was scoot- Yeah, my mind. Sorry, my mind's going off topic. Um That's right. yeah, but I, so- I, I yeah, I'm, I'm on medicines and stuff. So just pause me. Sometimes I go a little funny <laughs> go off to the left. You got to bring me. You got to bring me back to the right. <laughs> the topic. Uh, so i just. just- I'll just back you up.
0: Right. So um, I guess you in your twenties being a young adult, right? Yes. Um, I guess tragedy struck home for you pretty early again with your stepdad. Right. Yes. I was
1: 20. Yeah. Cause we we were talking about, I thought I was getting that before I got off track. Um, so I started my, I was at my job for 19. I was, okay. I was hobbies. I toys are in the attic. Right. It's kind of the whole point of this. Yeah. He died, he got Lou Gehrig's disease And by the time he got it It started with a limp Let me tell you something He was the greatest guy you could ever meet He was my stepdad It was because of him why I have my house today It was because of him why I had the opportunity to get the job He knew the boss, it was a hard job to get He got me in there as a, a kid And nobody A laborer, which I become a mechanic And a welder and stuff years later Went to school for you know, all kinds of stuff Um he was the greatest guy fisherman in korean war he was on poor chop hill i mean a guy he drank a lot he was an alcoholic but uh, never yelled at you never laid a hand for a guy that was my stepfather compared to other you know you hear stories of uh, a single mom gets a with a guy and this is some bad stuff I, I knew i i had a friend used to go over his house and a stepdad used to beat them uh there was a plan to go over the house just when i was eight nine and there was a escape way. All of a sudden, he'd get the guy would get, not to get off topic, but drunk, start beating a mom. We'd have to run out the door. This kind of stuff I would see as a kid. Yeah, run that's out a
0: the door. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I see. I've been part. I've seen it. But my dad was nothing like that. But because of him, it bought me all the vintage He-Man toys. So go back to that for Christmas. And you know, me, and my mom, my mom. We were poor. We never had our money. I, I slept in a car. My mom before we met him. Um, yeah, I've been through some crazy stuff. The, the grass ain't always green on the other side. And going back, like we were talking earlier, when people see you're, you know, you're on YouTube, and your collection, you do some tours. And, oh, so, oh, you're so lucky. Uh, you know, it's so cool. What you got, you don't want to live in my shoes. What I went through to get some of the stuff I have, you, you, you don't know what I've been through. So the grass ain't always greener, you know, it's just always, you just, it's one of those things. But my dad was everything. He saved my life. Um, but at 23, he got Lou Gehrig's disease and um, that's when he died. When I was 23 years old.
0: And that's what I mean. I mean, look, I'm here in my 40s, and I recently lost um, both my parents. You know, both oh, my moms.
1: Sorry to hear that. mine, mine are both gone tell Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm sorry to hear that. And um, but both of them died to separate illnesses only a few years back. That oh man, that that felt too soon to me. So sure. I can't even imagine at all. You know, it feeling too soon for me in my
1: 40s, what it felt like at, you know, 22, 23 or, you know, again, I was I was a kid, man. I was immature. I was immature. And what was funny, I was holding a, a pretty serious job. And when my father, I, well, I have a little tiny house, you know, and it had a little mortgage left on it. And I was I was becoming a man. But, you know, our, our generation is 20 for, for, for like babies, as I call it yeah. work, he's the baby, like the kid. 22, 23. you know, I'm old enough to go to war vote, but I'm a, you know, yeah, it's true. We were like, that's why it's where my man, the man name, the, the man child name come from. Because these are things when I got a toy collecting, which we're getting to very soon is where some of the guys that I would get to know are friends would start to see this bizarre collection of stuff. And I started around age 23, 24 was odd. Ah, man child. So that's kind of where the name come from. If You're curious about, we'll get it. We'll get that out of the way now. <laughs> I well, knew when so- I start.
0: Well, so when losing your parents, then though, did it make you like? I mean, it would make me kind of maybe angry and bitter at the world. I, I went through
1: all that, man. My my yeah. mind was going 100 miles an hour. I I was a 23 year old kid. All right, Getting back to that. Um, that had to grow up overnight. Now, when my dad was dying, so he had Luke Garrick's. He started out with a limp in his foot one day, and next thing he's in a wheelchair. Next thing he's bedridden. Yeah, it was like within 11 months he was deceased. Put it that way. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I yeah, that's a good question. It, it's I had a lot of time to process I, I was able to be prepared for it. You know, it's funny when, when you when you watch somebody sick and not to get off topic, but I just put my cat of 17 years down. I love that cat, man. I'm a you cat person. She was my best you friend. Too. I had a lot of cats. That cat was one in a million. I just put her down six weeks ago. I'm still screwed up and head over it. And but the cat got sick, it was cancer, it was this. It was she was becoming exhaust exhausting. And so was my stepdad. Now, I would watch my mom. Me and my mom had a weird relationship. I, I brought someone video. We could talk about that another time. But she was there for him. And, and what she had to go through to – he, he lost his bowel functions. It, it was it was horrible. Oh, I, I would get up and I had to go to work every day. I worked six, seven days a week. So I, I try to spend what time I, I could with him. But – I remember on his last days sitting there moaning and groaning and crying, just unbelievable pain, which I lived through with the illness I have now. I'm not going to compare to Luke Garrick's, but I remember picking him up in my hands. He lost a lot of weight, taking him to hospital. I remember last days looking at him. I remember going, they, um, basically his working shut down. I had him in for a couple of days. I went scuba diving the night before. I remember coming home. I remember seeing him. And the last memory I have of my dad, so just to give you a little insight, the trauma, is they had him pumped up on morphine. He couldn't talk. And I came in and he looked at me and he was going. He was trying to say my name. His eyes opened and he 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 went back. He, he turned his head, shut his eyes again, he had a morphine pump going, doot, doot, you know, drip him. I they were doing more tests. Um, I went oh so I went scuba diving that night. I had a night we used to do night diving and have lights and all this crazy stuff. I came back at night about so I was doing a day, I came back at night. It was. He died at 9.05 at night. That was 1998. July 12th at 1998. It's funny I remember that, right? And my mom was home, and I dragged, I had these big scuba diving tanks so that were just about empty. I, I used to keep them indoors when my gauges would go in the shed. The shed i keep all equipment. And I'm dragging... My mom was asleep, and I'm trying not to make noise, put these tanks in the closet because they had to get filled. And my mom wakes up and goes, says, RJ. And I used to call him Tommy. You know, to this day, he was my stepfather but his name was i always call him tommy and i was him for 18 years so he raised me for 18 years if you're interested but she goes yeah tommy died and then she goes back to sleep i go what i just seen him you know that the eight hours before that She goes, yeah tommy died yeah that was it and um then crap hits the fan and what sucked was that he had step a stepdaughter and a a a biological daughter, stepdaughter, and the stepdaughter. Well, let me see if I'm saying this right. The biological daughter was awesome. She was there for her father. But now, you know, it's like where there's a will, there's a way. Now, my father, getting back to this house I'm at, he left the house to me. I mean, now I paid all the bills in it anyway. So I'm 23, and I was used to paying property taxes. I was used to paying utilities because that was – I started paying him rent. When I started working, I was making $8 an hour. I was paying a hundred dollars a week at 19 years old. When I first started my job, that was a lot of money then. Yeah. And I was only making 250. What I was digging in ditches, jackhammer. I, I was, yeah, it was terrible. What I was doing, working in sewer plants and everything you can imagine. But that's what I paid him. As time went on, I started paying more and more. So I had it. I was here. I'm a kid in my mind, a man child, but yet I was forced to grow up at an early age and it sucked. But thank God I did because from 19 to 23, when he died, it's like, and as on his dying death, as he was getting sick and he was still coherent in his mind, he was like, uh, he looked at me one day and he's like, "What do you want to do with this house?" He goes, "Do you want it?" That was a piece of shit. I had to put money into it and stay. You know I think? am like, uh, "Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, what do you want to do with it?" He goes, "Well, it's it, it's a lot of responsibility and it's your problem." I was already paying bills, and I, was, you know, I put a lot of yeah. money into it to still junk. <laughs> um, But that was his his words. So. We got a lawyer come in and he left the house to me through the will. Now there was a still a little mortgage on it. So I was already paying that because we did siding and windows. And that's anyway, I was paying all that. But his family, uh, especially the one daughter, yeah, now they're coming out. Oh, what would he He didn't leave nothing for. And he talked to them about this. Now the one daughter didn't talk to him for almost 14 years. He had an ex wife that he was at war with. So I could tell you stories about that. Watching this great guy pay 13 years of alimony, she got the house, got. Uh, yeah another just depressing thing that leaves trauma in my head is what i'm saying in korea this guy tell you stories that sound like something that you, you couldn't believe it horrifying but what a great guy and i had to watch all this and it broke my heart yeah. okay and when he died and what he went through it messed me up not only losing him but seeing all that so yeah the family come over and they couldn't get nothing they're like oh, how can he and this and that and the other thing but i got the house and yeah, I'm 23, and that's where I'm at now with the house, and that's where I was forced to grow up.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, that's not an ideal way.
1: <laughs> to no, be, you
0: know, um, to grow up. Not at, no, uh...
1: and my mom and me, me, and my mom had a weird relationship. She had, uh, she had drug problems. She had mental, yeah, things like that. She come in on my life, and I'm bringing this up because the only thing that ever seemed to connect us was she would take me as a kid and buy me Motu toys, and we'd play around with them. And that's what I remember most about my mom is the Motu toys. My mom would disappear two weeks. She wouldn't find her, see her. And because of my stepdad that adopted me, I wasn't as real, before they even got married, my mom would Mm -hmm. just disappear. uh, Some drug drug binge, okay? I mean, I'll just say it. And this guy would take care of me and good to me. And then she would come back, she'd buy me a He-Man toy. Mm -hmm. So the vintage He-Man figures... Kind of had a special place, but at the same time, they were like a leverage tool for my mom to try to earn your, you know, your respect and love. And I, this is when I was eight, nine, 10, 11, all through my life. By the time I got in my 20s, now, okay, so we're 23, my dad died of the house, and we're getting into my adult toy collecting very shortly. Yeah. Me and my mom were out of the picture. She would come, she would go, and I said, listen, I, she would steal from you because of the drug thing. I'm like, you know what? Get out of my life. It's a sad thing to say. I didn't see her for years since she would come back in. So I, I have a whole thing with that. Trying to answer your question, going back to my dad now, and I went through a lot of stuff in my head. Yes, I was yeah. I was really broken, but I was a strong kid. I was really strong in my head. But what was funny was when my dad died, um, I started having some. My health... So I had reactive arthritis. I, I got that when I was 19. I would go to the same rheumatologist I go now. Every two months I see, I would see this guy maybe twice a year because of this inflammatory condition I start I started having. I'd get achy joints and pain in my mouth and eyes and you'd it, flare up and they would treat it with like um, Celebrex and Vioxx or something was a drug then. And then it would go away. It would come back and stuff like that. But I had always health conditions and... um. All this stuff going on in my head, and I started having neurological conditions. Basically, when I was scuba diving, I almost drowned on the water, and all of a sudden, the whole everything started spinning. It was like my world was lost. I didn't understand what's going wrong with me. I started getting muscle twitches in my face, and yeah, now next thing, me and my mom reconnected. Because I told her, you know, over a phone conversation, she goes, oh, maybe you got MS, maybe this, that, maybe you got Lou Gehrig's, like, he's my stepdad. You don't inherit that, but I don't know, you know? Yeah. Um. The same neurologist that diagnosed him, I seen six months later now is what I'm trying to, uh, six months later after my dad died. So I'm going through all this stuff and working, and my symptoms started kind of getting worse and worse six months later. Finally, I go to a neurologist. He does a whole bunch of tests on me. Now, he was familiar with my reactive arthritis. <laughs> He says, that too can get aggressive, which it has, but um, we're going to do the neurological stuff to you. Did all these tests for, had me for an hour and a half. He was looking if I had MS because I was getting weakness in my legs and dizziness and all stuff. And to make a long story short, he basically said, you're hyperventilating. He had me, blow. of all the tests he did, he had me blowing his paper bag like 27 times and I almost passed out and spinning Mm. this vertigo was basically what it was I had for months. And I almost drowned with underwater diving because I was going diving with this. I was working with this. Wouldn't go away. He said, he got vertigo. I said, what? He goes, basically, I had a nervous breakdown and I kept going over my dad's death. Oh, wow. When he told me that, I felt better and all my symptoms went away. And I find, then I seen a therapist and I finally... I didn't think there was anything wrong with me. And and that was the first thing he asked me. He goes, have you had any major traumas in your life? And I'm I'm telling him, go oh, out, my dad died. Yeah, I inherited a house. He's like, and I didn't tell him that at first, but he got that out of me. So you and didn't goes, realize
0: how it was impacting nope, you? It was all nope, like, repressed. not at all,
1: man. Exactly. Exactly. And he says, do you hear yourself? And I go, yeah, I'm okay. Hmm. And I was in a bad relationship with a girl and my mom, you know, all this blah, 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 you know, and, um, that's all it was. And I felt better. And then I, so I, I seen a therapist and I, I, yeah, I learned to handle it a lot better, but I had a lot of heartbreak and loss over it. Um, Sure. And
0: so what's, and, and that stuff can accumulate, you know, even oh, man. when your father died, when you were, I think you said four, I mean, that stuff can, can pile yep. up and you don't even realize it is and start weighing you
1: down. But oh. here's the thing here. So here, here's the, here's the, here's the real, it's all my, uh, sad childhood stuff. Um, <laughs> So when my dad died, I went through all that yeah. and I felt better. All of a sudden, a little switch went off in my head, right? I'm going to say a couple months later, maybe six months later after all that, I seen the, thera- the therapist, I felt better. And I just started to feel like collecting toys. So I'm about 24 now. And um, me and my body This buddy, is before you met your wife, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I met her- yeah. I got together with her. You know, me and my wife, too, which she's been through because we, we, we met in 2007. Started dating in 2008, and then I got hit with this stuff I go through really bad now. Yeah. All it. the way for the last 10 years. I, I, it's been horrifying. So she's been through a lot. We have not had a normal life. I had periods of it, but it, we can get into that. It's a whole other thing. Um, but, yeah, 2007, I met her. When I started toy collecting, my dad died or after that. So he died in 98. I was 23, around age 24. We're moving into, let's say, uh, early 1999. Let's start there. Right? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm still... No, 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 I'm still 23. Because I my birthday is in July. That's when I'd be 24. So I'm still 20, 23. Okay. So somewhere around 1999... Uh, and I remember like in January, cause I remember it was the Christmas lights are up. And, uh, it's funny how you remember these things. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of that thing. And after the new year's or something, me and my buddy that I was talking about, that's, um, he's right down the street from me, a friend of 30 years, plays games, collects toys, loves Moto, to the whole deal. And somehow we start talking about toys. Now I remember telling us in one of my videos, so I don't want to get off topic here. I, I want to try to make the pieces fit. Um, Shortly after my dad died, so let's go back to that. So he died about six or seven, or maybe a year later, whatever. Right before I started toy collecting, we started talking about Master Universe toys. The vintage stuff. He had a huge collection. I had no idea that. He had no idea of all the years. I already knew this guy over 10 years at the time. We kind of talked about He-Man but because it was out of spotlight we were talking, yeah, you know, reminiscing about kids and it, it, the Mo2 he Goes, Yeah, I had, Oh, remember the evil whore and stuff. I'm like, oh crap, You, what, yeah. I said, I had just about everything. He goes, no, get out of here. I go, it's all in my attic. And it real Ghostbusters. So we go up in my attic, right? So all these years, my dad's passed away. Months later, go up there. And part of the therapy, I want to say, of trying to help myself months and months later get over my dad was getting the old chair out of the house he sat in we'll get rid of this get rid of that trying to situate this house to mine now you know you, so you kind of get that because it's just looking at that yeah i mean of course you keep some things for yeah reminiscing and nostalgia and hit you know just just you know thinking about them but yeah the, the, everything changed i painted the walls the rug the this that did all kinds of work to the house um but we started talking about toys so we go in my attic And he had his brother was over too. And we have a ladder. He's holding the ladder. Me and Tom up in the attic. And he's like, "Oh, his brother downstairs, here's Tom. Holy shit. What? He couldn't believe what I had in these boxes. The real Ghostbusters and all the vintage He-Man stuff. So we bring it all down. I had stuff in bags. The slime pit. The the Fright Zone. Everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were playing with these toys and checking them out. But here's the problem. They went in the attic when I was 14. So think about this. I moved in his house. At 14 at 14 years old and I sat in the attic till I was 23 almost 24 or, yeah, 23. The not good is. man not mm. good that attic's 150 degrees in the summer and it didn't even have an attic fan I had one years later when I had to put a roof on it put vents in it yeah okay a lot of the vintage motu like you'll notice with a lot of the plastics they um they start to oxidize and they, they get yellow you know, they, they they get that Chemical that's in the factories, it it comes out and it turns yellow from yeah, its oxidation, its heat, and it, yeah, you get the, the yellowing.
0: So was the it all legs war- worthless or?
1: Oh, oh yeah, the legs because the little rubber bands that you can fix now. Um... I, listen here, here, to make a long story short. Yeah. I donated most of it. Some most of it went to garbage. Hmm. All my all my vintage He-Man stuff and all the real Ghostbusters, the firehouse, everything went. Uh... So that was that. A few months later going back to the Christmas January thing Because I think I, You know what I think we did this in the summer Later in the summer after my dad died Because I remember how hot it was up there So going back to that time That flicked a little switch on me I don't know what it was And uh, we we go out We go to, to the mall I think And we went to like we, we were going through the mall Looking at girls and clothes And kind of stuff and there was a KB toy store uh, KB KB uh, man and I'm looking in uh, there I'm walking by and I'm like okay So what was big around then? You think about it. What started coming out I I I should rewind back a little bit. Was mcfarlane Spawn toys? Yeah,
0: he, Now you know uh, my
1: channel. I got to You can see behind me I got all I got some original stuff I bought years ago. You can see the Spawn with the cape. So all Spawn it's mixed with a bunch of stuff, okay? I had a neighbor, and I have another best friend I knew almost around the time Tom, 30 years. He lived next door to me his house. His dad still lives there. Me and his kid grew up. We we went scuba diving together. I I tell a whole history with him, but I used to babysit him at the time when I was uh, 13, 14, 15. Keep an eye on him, and he had a brother and sister. He started collecting Spawn because I think Spawn came out in the first series. One came out like 1994, I think. Something like that, and I was babysitting him He had these Spawn toys He had Cygor, he had the first spawn, And I thought it was some of the coolest things Nobody's ever made something like that That too, I remember looking at that Messing around with toys and going, this stuff's awesome But 14, 15, I I, I can't I was so fascinated with it, loved it Fast forward to KB now Right, 1998, 99 23, 24, whatever I seen some Spawn toys I go in and I seen a Mandarin spawn. You know what? I, I can't really turn. He's still right behind me up on the shelf. I still got the original. I think he's the red one. They had a couple variants. I went and bo- Now, I have a girlfriend at the time I just met on a scuba diving trip. She, she was awesome. She was my fiance. We were together for a long, long time. But after seven years, that didn't work. That, you know, that life story tells. She left. But I remember getting this Mandarin spawn, bringing it home. It was a joke. It was like, oh, yeah, that's a cool looking figure. It really was. To the state it still holds up. I put it on my entertainment system. Now me and this newer girl living together I just got my first DVD player Which was like a lot of money then For DVD yeah. player The Sony Trinitron TV So now my dad's dead I'm trying to make this space mine And get with the newer technology I think the Playstation 2 I think I just got that I think Playstation 2 was around then And I had this mandarin spawn On my entertainment system And he looked really cool Okay So guess what That ended up being a Ha ha Let's go back to KB it was this it was that it was another Figure it was another okay that that's How that that door opened up Another collection too At the same time was called uh, it was A one six soldier Toy line called the Ultimate soldier Coolest thing I've ever seen they had Now if you remember going back to G.I. Joe the vintage stuff in the 60s As a kid I remember seeing at one Time one of my moms when I was a little Little kid going back to the Godzilla days Five, four, five, six that age Somebody had a bunch of stuff in a box Had all the weapons, now I always love miniatures And miniature weapons, again monsters But the, I always love soldiers And it had clothes on, it was the coolest thing I ever seen, oh my god He let me play with them all, and I, I loved it Another thing too, I could never find like a Godzilla Alright, fast forward years later
0: Wait so back to your girlfriend fiance how did she yeah. react with this spawn toy?
1: Oh that's a good question she thought it was pretty cool because she liked monsters and uh, again that was another thing that connected us she liked. she thought the toys were cool because that's awesome oh cool and was, she was she was yeah and that's what was cool about her she was encouraging me to go get a couple other things um she used to um she used to do a side gig with, uh, as a job with this band. You could probably look them up to the stat. I don't. I don't think they're around anymore. But they call Freak, right? To get a name. Okay. And the lead singer. They did a lot of cover work, but he was a genius. What a great guy. And he loved. He was older than me. And he loved toys. And when they when they lived, he had all these action figures and monsters and stuff. And there was part. They put it up with the shows he used to play. And I thought that was really cool. I'm like, ah, yeah. So here's a guy who was an adult toy collector, memorabilia, and, and swords, and yeah, action figures. And at the time, he was in his 40s, I think. And that was kind of odd. I thought that was cool. So it was funny that my girlfriend's last fiance met. It's funny how the universe brings people together, you know, if you believe in that stuff. And, yeah, because she she hung with them and, and you know, he had a lot of stuff. She thought it was cool. So she thought it was cool that I started buying these things and collected them and Especially monsters and creepy stuff. And she was into that. I love creepy things, Halloween. So, yeah, that's that's how that – she allowed me to have that. She was cool with it in the beginning anyway, you know.
0: See, before my wife, uh, previous – Girl, girlfriend. Um, I started my adult collecting was also with some McFarlane toys. I remember he did stuff like for Terminator Two yep. and and the Thing. The Terminator Two, the T eight hundred figure. They couldn't use Arnold Schwarzenegger's face. Not a so, likeness
1: rights. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So they had to bloody up his face. So yep. I just got a couple of these and I put them on my DVD player, just like you over there. And you know, she she had a, like a suspicious eye looking at it. <laughs> like what's going on over there you know and and why does it keep growing you know and after some negativity i kind of just stopped and uh, ended up selling them so she cut me off
1: eventually um at least you know but um i hear that all too often on my channel and that's why i made probably what you know probably the video you see me my wife or the one i made the rare videos where i show myself and hang out and talk like i am now a little bit um, and I only did that because people were asking me when I was on a while, like, Oh, why are not you talking? hang out show yourself? You know, I was like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm a behind the scenes kind of guy. And that's what started that. But I remember telling that, I think that that was an old video now. Um, the comments I get that, how does your wife handle? It? And that's why I did the follow-up with my wife, which that that could have been better. It was kind of a mess. My wife has asthma and there was so many cuts and I was in constant pain and, you know, and then I made a I, I think I had to do the intro backwards from it because we, we had a plan. It didn't go right. And we did the best we can. We had fun. It it, it could have been better, but it more or less she was only in for 20 minutes. And I, I did a tour on the end of that. It was kind of didn't want to do that just the way it ended up. And some people said, oh, you should bring in your wife more often. I'm like, yeah, she's a, and she's a big part of helping me. With a lot of my stuff, you know, I'm lucky that way. Yeah, I um, remember that
0: video. And it looked like, yeah. in terms of your relationship, um, you explained like several times how awesome your wife is and how supportive she is, not just of your collection, but of.
1: She your- bought me the Super Seven Snake Mountain. She paid for about 90% of that. Yeah. I, I got that later on. I didn't get on the original uh, pre order. So, make a long story short, it was double the cost on eBay when I finally wanted one. And that's how I it came to be. It wasn't for her, but I uh, guess yeah, she's she's pretty cool with it. Um, but, but she but she back, had a
0: keen eye. I remember she was like a.
1: I think. Yeah, she, oh yeah, yeah. She was oh, like, she, uh, "Is
0: that new? I haven't seen I, that." Before. Listen,
1: man, that that was part of it. it. Was it was sort of a joke, but at the same time, I said, "Look," because she was nervous, never been on camera. I said, "What do you think? I'm a Hollywood star? I'm just as nervous." Yeah. No, I. You know, people. I. I don't care. I'm. Ta- I, I. Like I said, I'm honest. I am who I am. Telling you, to, you know. And um. And that video got great responses and comments. But I said, listen. Here's the rule. Okay. When we make this video, be honest. If you got a problem with something, or you want to be the opposite end, like you said, where most. Um. In a lot of cases, funny. And it, you know, I. So I get a lot of comments like that on my channel. It's always with the girlfriends or wives now. There's a lot of adult toy collecting women out there too. But and I have had I have gotten them on my channel, but I, I, I haven't really heard any negativity with their boyfriends or husbands. It's, it's always seems to be opposite. And I'm not saying nothing against women versus men, but that seems to be the case. Because, you know, women are always, you know, they're there are a lot mature than men or they try to be. Where men are we're big man, we're man, you know, man child, we're man babies. We we that we always are. And I think a lot of adult toy collecting, at least for myself is trying to reconnect with that nostalgia and just trying to be a kid again because I've been through a lot. I mean, I'm almost 50, and I've seen a lot of crazy stuff in the world. You can't turn on the news or something without the world ending every day. I, it's, it, COVID, it's this, it's that. It, it's nuts. It's really nuts out there. There's a lot of good stuff too, but yeah, you know. But now you get to create this little world, this museum, this hobby that makes you feel like, yeah, like that kid again. But not only that. Now, you have a lot of toys and stuff that looks like something we always wanted. Going back to the three, four year old me or you that wanted that perfect Godzilla, that wanted that, like the Master Universe classics. We could spend two hours talking about that. I never thought such a line would come to be. That's a whole other story. I can tell you how I got into that, but it's amazing what I got, what we have. And, you know, so honestly, it's a big one going back to my wife. And I was just like, just, you know, so she was like, oh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I was like, don't say nothing. Let's just act natural. We didn't script anything. At first, we did. The first video was going to be scripted. It was going to be jokes of her ripping on me a little bit, like, ah, oh, that thing and that thing. And I was like, well, why are you saying that? Because it's the truth. So when we sat down and, you know, what we did in the video, that's, she, she goes, yeah, and you have seen that video, she goes, oh, is that thing new? And she was pointing up to, and what's funny is a lot of stuff rearranged. You can't say I keep pointing off to the side, but all my classics now, and I'll do another tour, took over the space of what she was pointing at. I don't remember what was up there. It was something different. It's probably a yeah McFarlane or no, it was NECA. It was something to do with NECA. And for how often she comes in here, the collection has really grown. And you heard me saying that video. I might have cut that out because there's a lot of editing cuts because of asthma and I yeah, I was in pain. I had to come in and out all that stuff. Um, I was like, w- w- don't you know that we're? And she helps me a lot with the reviews because of my health issues. And I'm like, you buy a lot of stuff. You help me set up sometimes. You see the stuff coming in, and you want the YouTube channel to become more popular, and the way to do it is you have to have something up or something to review or something to show at least minimum once a week. I would recommend every you know um a couple of times a week if you can because the algorithm thing to keep your channel fresh, how YouTube works, you know yeah. that kind of, which I learned later but and then of course, there's money, there's budget, it's what you're trying to collect. Now, I'm going to make a point of something, too. I only collect what I'm really passionate about, and that's what I truly, honestly review. I don't ever go out to buy stuff, to buy things, just to have and say, oh, this thing is cool. And it's not, No, no, no. I don't. Even Motu, if there's a figure and I collect most of the stuff, I'm sort of a completionist, but there's figures I walk away from. And if I don't like them, I don't support them. And most of the stuff I collect and review, I try to always be positive about it. I will tell the truth. I'll call something out. I don't like it. Or, ah, I just think could have be better. Or, you know? But I try to be positive positive. Um, I don't really like negativity on my channel. there's a time and a place for it because the whole point is is to bring us together, make people happy, happy, and be excited about the stuff that's out there right. and you know you know I'll, I'll get stuff and oh that thing sucked oh this thing the other thing I'll get a lot of negative comments very rare most people say oh that thing's cool or I don't like it and that that's fair be honest but yeah, I don't just go out of my way to get stuff so that being said, you see the amount of stuff I have now. In the time I had the YouTube, we've been doing this over, uh, over a year already. And you accumulate a lot of things when you're trying to buy things that you're passionate about. To have something once a week. Now again, that's normally how I collect. I always at least got a figure once a week. Two or three times a month. And it's interesting because people... You know, they say, uh, I, I, I got a name sometimes. I'm the Masterverse mafia. I'm not, you know, people. I, I've heard this. How do you get the origin so quick? I'm going to bring this up now. Uh, how are you doing that? I, I've had one guy call me out one day, like, oh, it must be nice. uh You know, it gets free stuff from Mattel. I go, eh, wrong. I don't get Mattel. don't even know who I am. I don't even know if they watch my channel. I don't know. I don't care. I mean, it'd be cool if they did, but it's not you why know, I'm doing it because I, I love this stuff. And being, to.
0: They don't need no, to. No. So many people out there willing to do these unboxing reviews now. There's yeah. a million people. A
1: million people. I'm just yeah. another guy that's passionate. I collect the stuff and I I do the reviews my way, and I'm that's what I'm chasing, collecting. But I do try to make my channel a little unique by going the extra mile. And and here you go, and then people, go, oh, you're paying the scalpers. I'm like, no, I I chase stuff with the power of the internet today. I can find anything you want. And I pay the extra costs and I get it early. And that's how I review it. Now, I try to, I don't just go on eBay where somebody has 10 of them for $100 and buy one. Yes, I use a lot of eBay. I do pay extra costs, but that's how I get this stuff early because I'll give you an example, like the origins of Masterverse. Um, when you start to see new, Im- like everybody's showing, everybody does the news now. I don't, I don't do that, but they'll say, oh, check out the box images. And Mattel's showing this and that, I go, okay, now watch out. Because the minute you're seeing those box images and the art and the figure, that stuff's in production. It's probably on a boat. But now we live in this new post-COVID world. Distribution's a mess. This is a mess. You can't find it in the stores. Again, another whole topic we talk about. But that stuff's out there now. And somehow, some of it gets in the USA. Somebody gets it, and it's on eBay. Or it's in uh, Malaysia. Or uh, there's the Walmart store, which is a little hidden store. That the guys on Toy Habits, so I love their channel. Let me know about, it. and if you look, yeah. they'll get this guy he, he, out California he gets these figures early. So he, I have but, an email but, thing set up, and he will let you know. And I, that's how I get it. Yes, just so think about that be- the
0: King Grayskull. Debacle, yeah, the Masterverse one. Where uh, I actually did a Target pre-order, and when right. I pre-ordered that figure, it told me September of this year. Right, and, and then next thing you know, someone on Facebook like shows like a Target shopping cart, and in march and he has a king grayskull in his cart and fast forward to like a month later and my pre-order still hasn't shipped yet but people are now buying him in stores and getting him overseas and i'm like this Let's, is backwards
1: well this is the thing i try to explain i i do a lot of research with that stuff too okay so yeah i, I pay extra money i get certs not everything but things are early and I review them early because it makes my channel because I'm, I'm just another nobody, another guy, unique. I like having this stuff early if I have the money. And I, I'm no richer than anybody else. You know, I left my job sickness. I have a pension. When I was working, I was making three times that. So, And then my wife is a big help too. That's how I do it. I had an annuity. I had some money. I saved. Yeah, that's how I got my stuff. Um, but yeah, it's cool to have it and review it. And here's the way to look at it. Here's what I tell people when a most people i've gotten comments like oh i really appreciate you go out of your way and you get the stuff and you show us that early." and that's an awesome comment and i get people like uh well how are you getting this stuff your support again back to the scalpers i'm like look ma'am i would do this regardless anyway now not to the extent i've been doing it because i to try to make the channel unique so i am going a little bit outside the box a little more money to get the things early yeah but look at it this way i have it i paid a lot of money for it and i'm giving you an opportunity. You know, to look it over a month or two ahead of time, budget for it. Don't be the idiot. Let me be the idiot. Let me spend the money. Let me review it because you might not like it. I've got figures like, oh, total garbage or that's awesome. So I'm, I'm the one making the ultimate sacrifice, you know, to get this stuff early. And it showed on my channel. I don't need to do that. If I didn't have a channel, I'll tell you what, I would just go on Big Bad Toy Store, which I I do with some things, pre-order it. And when it comes in for $21.99, it comes in. That's how I really, that's the smart way of doing it. Don't be like me. Unless you have a YouTube channel and you're trying to be unique and you have to get things faster to keep up with the algorithm and to show stuff, you know? So oh, that's yeah, there, why I do what I do.
0: There is an advantage of having something first or second um, versus having it 31st, <laughs> you know? Because it gets to a point where someone's going to be <clears throat> done watching videos on a particular figure that came out. Right. But those first few, yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely helped. Helpful to grow a channel as well. So, you I, have to, yeah, you really so.
1: have to if you're gonna. Yeah, it's you know, having a YouTube channel. I don't try to be a big star, I am where I am. I, again, I my health limits me to do so much more. I've had people ask me to do what me and you were doing. I've had a couple people I've declined, I wanted to, but it's difficult. Even me and you, it took time to get together. Um, which is just great. I love doing this. I've had people say, Oh, come to toy shows. Can you do this? Can you do that? I would love to. But because of disabilities I have, I can't. Yeah. So I can only I, I do what I do, and that's what I do, you know. Um. So I make it up. I yeah, buying some stuff. I have the money. Sometimes I don't have the money, you know, credit card. <laughs> and that's how I get it. And that's how I I try to make things unique and interesting, on a channel, especially with MoTu. MoTu is a big one, man. I get neck stuff for all I get. So my my collection, pretty much on um, Master Universe. I do the Masterverse Origins um spawn mcfarlane spawn too that's a whole nother thing i have dragon i have all this stuff mcfarlane really started putting out spawn stuff again last year now that's a whole nother line of stuff going back earlier um the spawn i had dragons i had all this fantasy stuff which i still have but in 2008 when the economy crashed he ended everything so my heart was broken all the spawn lines ended and he didn't come back with spawn until mortal Kombat 11 came out it had Spawn as a playable character, which I did get that game. And, I, and I'm a big Mortal Kombat player. I could tell you a whole part of my life with Mortal Kombat. I had Mortal Kombat figures. one, two, three, 3, Ultimate 3, all that. But um, all the way up to 9. But Mortal Kombat 11, I didn't like. I just didn't like the, the engine. Mm. But for the first time, I always wanted Spawn in a Mortal Kombat game. He was rumored in 9. he was more, And it finally comes. I'm like, this is terrible. I can't play this. But I'm glad they did that because it opened the door again for McFarlane to start putting Spawn figures out. So... I'm I'm big into Spawn again. I collect a lot of NECA, the, Like you said, the Alien, the Predator, the horror stuff, and Motu uh, Origins, Masterverse, and that's and it's some Godzilla stuff and odds and ends. So that's kind of what I'm really big into now. What I chase and what I review. Yeah.
0: So let's just try to circle back. Um, you, you had mentioned you know that a few times that this hobby, this joy of collecting has saved your life, which is really a profound statement when you think about it. And I think it had something to do with the medical challenges you had mentioned that you faced in a later portion of your life. Right. Um, But it's something you've been so amazingly open with, but never elaborated too much into it. But I'm betting if you do elaborate, um, there's probably a lot of people out there that would be able to relate to your experiences and be encouraged by your stories so before i ask you how did toy collecting save your life i first have to ask you what happened in your life that made it need saving
1: uh, i'd say one of the first things is probably my childhood growing up right we talked about that uh my yeah. father dying again that's later on get that's what kind of flip the switch to toy collecting but
2: mm-hmm.
1: i think toy collecting and a lot of us there there was a you know um there was a root that goes back to that And it's just something what our generation Grew up in the 80s with all the cool toys The He-Man, the Thundercats, the G.I. Joe Is just uh, really unique Everything seemed to have a personality And in the cartoons, like the filmmation It seemed to bring that in, into Mix that well with the toy line And for some reason our generation holds That nostalgia That feeling inside And fast forward to where we're at now It saves a lot of our lives To answer your question, so yes for me, it was my dad. It was my mom. It was a, a whole bunch of events, and I want to feel like a kid again because I think the world's nuts, and and their art. I think it's beautiful. I think this stuff is the creativity, the art. It looks like something that jumped out of TV. I mean, we, we all grew up on movies and video games, and how fascinated we are with that stuff. And now you got a figure, especially the way you, depending on the company. Yes, yeah, like you took it right out of the game or movie. What what more do you want? So, wait. So, I saw my father going into my health challenges. Um. I'd say around 2007 or 8. I basically, so I was, I said I was a toy collector, I was a scuba diver, I weight, I did all kinds of stuff. Um, worked six, seven days a week. Uh, I went into a, went into the hospital for a minor procedure. Leave it at that. Everything went okay. Now at this time, I was dating my wife, which wasn't my wife. She was my girlfriend, right? To go back to that. So I was 07, 0, 08. I went in in March of 08, had this procedure done. And when I got out, um, a couple weeks later I just felt weird, didn't feel right Felt like I had the flu or something I don't, I don't know how to describe it I We lived a part of the time And where she lived, I was staying over And you know, I'm staying over each other's house And again, being Part of what me and my, me and my wife bond, Well, I, I met my wife through my neighbor I was talking about my next door neighbor with the Spawn collection right? kind of how I met her And we were friends before that for a while So I kind of knew her on and off And she came around as uh, when my ex girlfriend fiance, we split up, she heard about that and she moved in. <laughs> she knew her too. We all knew each other. And yeah, it's just a like, oh, Ralph's single? Uh, you know, RJ, RJ is single? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, that's how that came to be. But fast forward a few months dating, I started staying over a place. I had that procedure done, which I remember her taking me to hospital to do it because my mom wasn't around. My dad was around. I could have had a friend, but they knocked you out, you know, and that kind of thing. It was only a couple hours. It wasn't long. Brought me home. Um, couple weeks went by, I, I was working, but I kind of felt off. I don't know how to explain it. Hmm. I was upper house going back to that, and I stayed over. Now, what made me and my wife unique was not toy collecting. She knew about my toy collection. I, I was a big toy collector. Not everything I have now, but I had a lot of stuff. I had airsoft guns. I had that. And she was, oh, that's that's pretty interesting. So being that she's seen that as my girlfriend, I thought it was interesting, and still wanted to date me, and we go out. and Never. It was. It, she was fine with it. it was. It was. Oh. Ah. Oh, okay. It was cool. Like that. That kind of answered that question. Yeah. You know. Never mind. Years later, with the little hangout we did, but I was over her house, and she was a weightlifter, and so was I, and a runner. So we would go to gym together. We would weightlift. We would run. And that night, we went for a three mile run, or it was like one point five miles each way. So I was in tip top shape. I was thirty four years old at the time, so I remember this well. Went for this three mile round trip run Felt great, went out to dinner Hung out, I slept over Um I woke up early in the morning like a bomb went off in me I had pain Like my eyes were going to explode out of my Face I had joint pain Like you couldn't believe It felt like my back, my spine was going to explode I started getting muscle twitching Now this was in So I had the procedure done in March of 08 And this was um Okay, so this was around more uh, April, going into April or maybe even May. It might have been a month later, so it was bizarre. And But I didn't feel good before that. But it, it, So were the summer, there's no flu around. There's no, there was no illnesses because that's for – oh, no, I had the flu of this. But I've had – as a kid, I grew up with everything you can imagine. I've had Lyme disease. I've had the flu. I've had this. I've had that. I've never experienced nothing like this. Didn't know what was wrong with me. Now, she lived up in an apartment with three flights of stairs. I could barely make it down the steps. I Man, I could I, listen. I, I could talk eight hours about this whole thing with you. What I've been through in the journey, the challenge, but to make to try to sum it up, she had to help carry me down the steps. I went now, we're fast forwarding week to week, month to month. I started getting worse and worse. I went doctor to doctor to therapist or to a, a specialist, rather. Nobody could figure out what was wrong with me. Um, suspect I had Lyme disease because playing airsoft, I used to play airsoft before that, dressed up like a Marine and playing guns. Um I did come home with some deer ticks. I got bit a couple times, had some red marks, but never had the bullseye rash, but I went to a Lyme disease specialist. Oh yeah, yeah. you have Lyme. I, I did test positive. So again, that's a questionable thing to this day. Was treated for a year and a half on antibiotics. Now I started getting worse and worse. I become bedridden. Ugh. Went in a wheelchair, couldn't use my legs, couldn't use my arms. Um, I went to uh, neurologists, rheumatologists, psychologists, I basically, in a year and a half at the time, seen a 100 doctors and specialists. Went to the city.
0: And nobody I was going could to figure this, it out.
1: I was going to the special clinic with all these treatments and all this blah, 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 blah. Right. Somewhere along the line, a doctor said, Well, maybe you have, I wasn't the Lyme disease because I was being treated like an amoxicillin, all these things, which wasn't helping me. Uh, maybe I have a super infection. Now, I was already thought to have. Uh, lupus that was questionable And like, going back to my history I did have reactive arthritis So that was questionable too And I was told It was, it was very identical to that But I basically had 50 symptoms That you couldn't describe Now I was diagnosed with Everything from MS To systemic lupus To fibromyalgia To chronic fatigue syndrome To this, to that, to that, to that Everything you speak of. And a lot of my symptoms Now with the internet I'm going on Now I'm being my own doctor And what's yeah. funny is I had seven really good doctors say, This is one of the weird things you got to be your own doctor. I mean, of course, you got to see a doctor and be every. I, I've been on morphine, painkillers. I had pain go through my body like you couldn't believe. Um, I've heard people have been shot, they've been stabbed, and I only noticed because of people like me, and I'll get to what's wrong with me, live the same experience who have been shot and stabbed and same type of um, it's basically an injury, right? Said the pain you will live with and suffer with it was easier being shot or stabbed or having a baby for females than what you're going to live with. Um, <laughs> hmm. So along the way, a year and a half along the way, this doctor, so I had a super infection or whatever I had. He gives me a bottle of, um, it was an antibiotic. So fluoroquinolone antibiotic. And I don't usually talk about this, but this is a great opportunity because anybody who's watching this, And you're interviewing me, and you're as part of the toy collecting community. That's what we're we're here to talk about positive and fun things. I don't really talk a lot about this. I I have in the past that people got to know me, but uh, I'm gonna give everybody a fair warning. Um, Now there's videos on Facebook all about people like me that's done nothing with. They had their own channels and own websites that talk all about this drug. I uh it's called a fluoroquinolone antibiotic and the name of it was called levofloxin or levofloxacin. now there's hundreds just dozens and dozens of different fluoro listen to my words fluoroquinolone antibiotics out there um I so this doctor gave, gives me a bottle of stuff the levofloxin. I, I I was already on 70 80 different type of medications and I tried everything nothing was helping me I was just going downhill it was a mess I was in and out of work, but I went on a temporary disability. Now, I was already at my job for about 15, 16 years at the time, and my job was great. And they knew me. They, you know, RJ's a worker, man. This guy, because people think you're faking it. it was, they didn't know what was wrong with me. I thought I was going nuts. And my boss came over to the house one day, and I'm like, this, I'm, I'm screaming in pain, bedridden, because I was out of work for a week and I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me to go get an ambulance over here. This guy can't get out of bed. Took me to, I've been in hospital, couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. they would pump me up on Dilaw, and It was this, giving me tests. My tests would come out questionable. Some type of autoimmune thing, but it was like lupus, but it wasn't. Lupus. I'll go back to your rheumatologist. Went back to him. He couldn't. You know, it was like it, it, it. It's a rabbit hole, man. But I was given this antibiotic through all this. Whatever was wrong with me, exploded tenfold. So you hear how bad I was? It's tenfold. Hmm. Now my wife at the time was my girlfriend. Now we're being our own doctors through all this. A year and a half into this, she looks up the bottle on the side. It was it was Leviquin. Right now, and I'm hospital-ridden. I'm I'm bedridden in the hospital at this point, real bad. She goes on the internet. Thank God. And it's funny when you go under this a medical rabbit hole journey, and certain doctors go, "Oh, don't go on the internet. It'll drive you crazy." Yes, that's true. But at the same time, the internet, when I knew where to look, saved my life, or just gave me some direction. She looked on a bottle, and went on the internet, and all these side effects you couldn't believe what we found not only the side effects but there was story after story after website after this uh, people sounded just like me she goes holy shit rj that that sounds just like it, it almost sounds like your original symptoms i'm like okay so the the bottle of pills make sense but what the hell was wrong i mean a year and a half before that my wife came across this report i call it the bible of fluoroquinolone talk to- and it's called fluoroquinolone toxicity syndrome it's basically what i'm injury diagnosed with, uh, leave it at that, right? We'll just put that out there right now. There was a reporter that made a report called the Flox report, L-O-O-X. And in the fluoroquinolone toxicity community, it's called being flox. It's not even a real medical community. And what's odd is only 10% of doctors around the country even know about this, which is really sad. And I've been over 100, and I've only found two to three to this day that's familiar with it and don't know nothing about it, how to treat it. So I treat my symptoms and manage the all the illness and diseases it brought about with this drug did to me, and and millions of other hundreds of thousands of others. You can look it up, devastating. But there was a report from a journalist. It was almost a three hundred page report called the Flox Report, and the fluoroquinolone toxicity led to this thing. We we um, printed it off, and I remember reading this thing page by page by page, ma'am. What's scary is not only did it Everything I bent through, it was detailed right to, it was perfect. And it said, be careful. It said, do you know you could be Phlox before you're even Phlox and don't even know it? Did you have a medical procedure? Did you do this? I went, oh my God. So it told, and it had case reports. It's not only all the scientific stuff, it had case reports of people like me that went into a procedure or was given a bottle of pills, but. A lot of these case reports of a perfect person in health. All right. thought I had an immunological thing, but that would come and go. Would jog and weightlift and all this crazy stuff like me work every day would go get this drug and just like a bomb went off on you. So I went back to my original medical records at the hospital. Now, a year and a half later, I go, what's the odds of that? So I had to go to their um, records department and I had to, now I already had a, a records this thick, everything you could think of. I went back to the hospital. We had to play this game. I wanted to see my me- my medical records from that procedure a year and a half prior to that. And it took, yeah, 28 days to get it. I had to pay $30. I, now, I was already going bankrupt by the time anyway. So I know about a toy collection. I had to sell half it off. My wife helped me. I went bankrupt. I was in that at work. I, I left my job years later. But yeah, that mess. So again, grassland green on the other side, even all the... Cool stuff that people say oh I'm so jealous And you know when people say All the stuff I have you don't want to be In my shoes okay because you had a crash Inquiry I've been through a lot get where I'm at okay. But going back to that medical report We get it Flipping through pages and part of the medical report Is what was done I wanted to see a list Of the medications that I was Given when I was under the knife Dude Leviquin, 500 oh. Milligrams IV They put me now, what's interesting with that drug is that it's a third-line antibiotic. should never be put in anybody. It was designed for anthrax. It was yeah, designed... I heard it
0: was strong enough to kill anthrax. It's an and...
1: atomic bomb of all antibiotics. And now they're giving mm. it out, and I'm warning everybody, like candy. You have a sinus infection? Oh, we'll give you Cipro. We'll give you Levaquin. Did this? Because it'll wipe everything out. Let me tell you something. It can ruin your life. Look it up. There's thousands and thousands of people like me. There's a black box warning.
0: Yeah, but I heard heard it could actually destroy. I mean, it destroyed to, all my tendons. Yeah, tendon tissue. Yep. It destroyed to destroy all my tendons. Infection, but it actually all my can...
1: all like this on my hands. If you were to see under, I have permanent braces on both on both elbows. I have permanent braces on my knees. Right now, mm-hmm. sitting here, I wear electronic with wires in my neck because I can't keep my neck. That's how I'm able to sit here and stand up. And my spinal cords are all I have degeneration on my discs, a tens unit. Mm-hmm. I'm on nine medications. Um. So basically in short You can look it up So there's this Fox report uh, just, just go online ma'am There's a black box warning Did I try to sue him? Yeah I had four lawyers The last lawyer had my case for four years And around the fourth year I got a letter in the mail like We fought this company We spent hundreds of thousands of dollars We had I'm making something up th- Hundreds of clients and we got nowhere Go find another attorney Well guess what the third attorney told me when the black box warning came about, which I think went on an 08, around the same time. I got flocks and this happened to me and start happening. Um, told me they can't take my case. I got to go out of state. So I got a state attorney. They had it for four years and yeah, I got nowhere with that. Mm. I actually contacted the drug manufacturer, went to their science research department, got nowhere. FDA hour on a phone, got nowhere there's been thousands of people's lives ruined now being floxed or being injured by this drug it's very common to have tendon injuries and neuropathy and uh, you can look there's you, you can see on a tv nice to make me sick i was bedridden and i'd have tv on so i could watch when my eyes weren't going goofy i lost hearing in my ears i've constant ringing so it damaged 100% of my body i got, I got brain damage i got damage to uh, my neurotransmitters i don't sleep um sometimes i can hear my voice and that's a big thing. I'm going to bring up my channel too. You see, I do a lot of cuts and they kind of look cool because it kind of jumps to the point. People are like, Oh, I like how you do that. You do a transition fade. Let me tell you something. I didn't do that on purpose. I did it because when I sit up at a chair, an eight minute review could take me three days to do because I can't sit up like I'm doing now, or I got to take breaks. And that's why you see me moving around. I'm talking fast. Cause I constantly, I feel like there's electric spa- shocks going up my spine and spasms of pain. So that's why if I'm doing this or but I'm getting off subject too. I try. To, I apologize too. I try to rush mm-hmm. when I talk because, yeah, the medication throws my brain all off, and I'm I, I I get lost, you know. So it's kind of hard to do the reviews I I do, and a lot of people you get on and go. Oh, I really like your, and I appreciate that. Listen, I, I'm I'm messed up, and you know uh, I say that because some people in comments go, oh, I like the. They want my advice on editing, doing reviews that like what I do or lighting or whatnot. I go, hey, man, if I could do it, anybody can do it. Because if you knew my story and I don't get into it, you could do reviews as good as I can. You just got to be unique. Again, buying figures early or whatever you got to do or be honest or be yourself. Don't be a game show host. You, know, <laughs> you got to be different. So um, kind of where I'm at. Uh, but I, bet, I right now I see a rheumatologist every two months. I've I been down a rabbit hole. I left my job and I had 21 years at my job. I finally got so bad that it just said I had a pension. You get a pension after 20 years. I was trying, I wanted to stay 40 years at my job because I would have had a hell of a pension. But I got so bad that I, I, what happens to me is I become bedridden on and off quite a bit. Um, the drug gave me peripheral neuropathy, gave me tendinopathy, which just damaged all my tendons. I have fibromyalgia. Look that up. Fibromyalgia, too, is like everybody's getting it. This fibromyalgia, you know, it's a lot of women get it, but a lot of guys get it too. And fiber, that, that quinolone drug, 7% from what I read statistically of cases of fibromyalgia is being caused by the quinolone injury. And again, that quinolone drug was a third line antibiotic. It was meant to be given to people where antibiotics didn't work. Like you had a respiratory infection or anthrax or something, you were dying. They would pull that out. Now they just give it to everybody. It's a very dangerous drug. And what's really scary with it is you can have an adverse delayed reaction. That's what I had. And that Flox report talked all about that. So think about that. I went to the hospital. I had a procedure. I was fine. And it wasn't until a couple weeks later I started feeling well, weird. And it wasn't until a month or two later it was like a bomb went off on of me. That's scary. That's some, excuse my language, some scary shit. How can you have something in your body? And two months later, and I heard a case to a year later. All of a sudden, this floxing, immunological phenomenon just takes it, just it creates a disease in your body and you explode like a bomb. And next thing you go doctor to doctor, it's pain, it's stiffness. It's, you got a million things wrong. Nobody can know. Oh, you have this, you have that. Yeah. It's in your head. You have fibromyalgia. It's the drug. And basically, so, what the
0: go ahead? So you're saying, though, that, um, they recognize some of these issues, meaning you had mentioned they were given a black box warning, which I think oh, is oh, very it's severe all over the internet. for yep. people who don't know. It's a severe yep. warning about a medication yep. that it, it could be life or death, I guess. Right. It's well, very there,
1: serious. There has, I, I don't want to exaggerate. Yes, there has been people died from it. Most people took their life because of the pain and suffering. And you know what? I've been there. I've had pain and suffering so bad. I tend to, I want to take my life some years back because it was like, When you have a drug that destroys your nervous system okay, and your tendons, I've had pains that burning, stabbing, uh, tearing um, on every part of my body, from my eyes to my face, to my limbs, to my chest, to my back. I get muscle twitches. The tendinopathy in itself, or the tendinitis, they call it quinolone-induced tendinopathy. And people know with tendon injuries, okay, you get a tendon injury, a weight lift, you get a tendon injury. It's tendinitis. You can treat it with ice and rest. This type of tendinopathy doesn't respond to anything. It's very bizarre because the Flox report, okay, talked about that it's not a normal tendon injur- injury. Excuse me. The drug basically damages all the DNA. It damages your mitochondria system. Mm. It damages your peripheral nervous system. So it, it, it has, and certain people like myself, which is, oh, here's another thing too I should mention. The drug manufacturer or the literature out there says it's 1% of people end up like me, okay? All right, that, that's true. 1% is tens of thousands of people when a drug's being been given out to millions and millions of people. Now, being flocks can happen to anybody with the drug. And um, the black box warning says all kinds of things can happen. I've met a lot of people who have taken that drug because I've met people who go, oh, I've taken that drug and I was fine. And I met a lot of people who said, oh, yeah, I took that drug on my elbow or I got this tendonitis in my knee or, or my back, you know, whatnot. And they did get better. There are people that do get better, but there's a lot of people that sets off this like me, and you never get better. And there's a lot out there. And some people take years to get better, or certain things get better, or wax and wane, and some people never get better. And pretty much the rule is if you're not better, whatever symptoms you have in your eighth, ninth year, you're done. They're permanent, irreversible injuries. I'm my 10th year in, and I have a lot of shit wrong with me, and they're permanent, irreversible, and there's no way to treat them. So I manage them by going to a rheumatologist with pain medications and everything you can think of. They take the edge off, but I can't have a normal life. I can't go on vacation. I have to be very careful what I do. If I overexert my tendons, I'll pay for it the next day or two. And if you look up fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, or any of these uh, lupus or any of these illnesses, it's very similar to that. Somebody has a good day. They push themselves and do too much. And then they can't get out of bed for one, two, three days a week. The flare, they call it flares it's or in my case it calls cycling so it's kind of what i live with
0: yeah (laughs) and
1: here i am yet yet you're such a positive person you know i wasn't always man i i wasn't always let me tell you something that I'll, i'll bring a good point up to that too just so so people can understand that um when you go through something like that that Drug, And you can look it up with people who have been floxed, right? But anybody has chronic illness. I'm not the only one. Listen, there's some bad stuff out there. There's people like my dad, garricks MS, cancer, lupus, um, which I have. Oh, the drug gave me lupus. And it was funny you caught that in our text because I was like, yo, I have lupus. You go, okay, lupus could be, because I don't try to get into this because you see how complex and how long it is to talk about. And you are like, well, I told you, like a drug, it was drug-induced lupus. You go like, yeah, but... If And you're smart, and I give you credit because a lot of you don't catch it. Like, oh, yeah, you got lupus, my sister, my blah, blah, blah. And it's easier just to leave it at that. But you were like, well, yeah, but don't – if you cease the drug, doesn't lupus get better? And you have me. I'm like, yeah, you're right. But this type of injury, it's a little beyond it. You don't get better. Yeah. Where normal drugs that create lupus, and there's several of them, there's quite a bit of them, when you stop the drug, the lupus goes away. My t- Mine didn't because it wasn't just a normal type of lupus. The drug caused, again, tendon, immunological injury permanent, irreversible nerve. So now my immune system is doing all this bizarre stuff and it's creating this lupus-like mixed of tissue, tissue and it, it, it's not going away. And you would be
0: able to explain this better than me. But for anyone mm-hmm. listening who's not aware of lupus, I think lupus is basically the easiest way to describe it is like you have this autoimmune system. You're that's correct. It's supposed to attack bad things affecting your body and instead it's attacking Your,
1: your joints, body. muscles, and tendons, right? Uh, It's
0: uh, it's like having a guard dog, you know, that's supposed to protect you from invaders and it starts attacking. Right.
1: Primary, primary lupus, systemic lupus, which that's what I'm being treated for. And I do take a, I take Plaquenil for that. It kind of helps, but um, basically that it lupus attacks your, which bad with primary lupus attacks your heart and kidneys. Uh, My wife has a friend that has that type of lupus. Um, It deteriorates your joints. All that kind of stuff. Now, this quinolone injury too, as I said, in, in a case like mine, a 1%, it affected several mechanisms in my body. Okay. And it also gave me a degenerative type arthritis. So it broke down a lot of my discs. I've had injections in my neck. So as I sit here, I also have degeneration breaking down. I My right hip, I lost 30% of the cartilage because of it. My left hip, my I don't walk right. I have a cane when I go out, you know, that kind of stuff. Um... It's very similar to that, yeah. But yeah, but primary lupus. So it's basically, they're all in um, autoimmune conditions. And I, yeah, when I have blood work, I basically come up with some kind of bizarre autoimmune condition, but it's not specific. The primary systemic lupus is what's very weird. Yeah. And again, when you read about the records in a drug, and if you spend all the time and years like I did, you see all these case reports of people and doctors saying the same thing. And the drug company's aware of it. And it's still on the market, and there's many formulations out there. So I'm just giving you fair warning. And when I was under the lawsuit, I couldn't talk about it too. I was under a gag order. Now I got nothing. Yeah, I'm free to talk about it. And you can look the company up. Johnson Johnson makes a drug, you know, and they have a million law- a lot of you know, but they have a lot of lawsuits against them on TV all time for stuff, nothing new. And I I might have said this already. I forget my brain and medications, but I remember one of my worst things. And toys, how they to save my life, right? It's funny how long we can get into this, but uh, yeah, thank God for the toys. <laughs> I got to throw that in there because this podcast is about toys. Um, I remember being better than a lot, a lot more than I used to be, and I, I am quite a bit now. Seeing tele, watching TV when I had basic cable. And man, what made me sick is the constant ads, a lawsuit. Have you been harmed by this and that, right? You, you see them. Do you know how many commercials of Leather and Supero I would see to Flora and yeah, if you've been peripheral neuropathy and tendon injuries and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, man, now I'm about five years into this and I already lost a case. And I went, <laughs> mm-hmm. I told my wife, I said, you know what? Get rid of this Comcast basic cable. I don't want it. I just want the internet. I don't need it today. But you, we don't even have cable TV. We got Rivitol. I don't even want it. I just YouTube, right? You got Netflix now, Amazon prime, get rid of it. Cause I was so sick. It made me so sick of seeing that. Yeah. And the drug completely ruined my life. I mean, completely ruined my life. And uh yeah So fast forward 10 years later Here we are And that broke Me mentally it broke me spiritually It broke me physically and emotionally To where I wanted to take my life Um I had No purpose in life I lost my I left my job retired my job I lost left Retired and I I already I, I had a big toy Collection but I didn't even fold my toy collection We actually sold a lot of it off at the time half When I was going bankrupt you know and um where I'm at now I was so bad, I would sit for weeks, months And then wouldn't even come out here and interact with my stuff Now, Of course I didn't have a YouTube channel at the time I wasn't YouTubing um, And I just laid in bed And I suffered and suffered And my pain would be like uh, If I had a good day It was a 4, but usually I would live in a 7, 8 or 9 So go figure that A 10, you're hospitalized, which I've been many times now, I've tried a whole array of medications. And like I said, they take the edge off. And even the medications to this day keep me between a 3 and a 7. And I constantly go back and forth depending on my activity, depending on the weather, depending on all kinds of crap, you know. Yeah. Right now, sitting here, I'll give you an example. I'm about a five i I'm moving around a lot. I'm okay enough to do podcasts. I, I am a little miserable, but thank God to this. Thank God to the painkillers I took out here. I, I, I can do this. And tomorrow, I'll probably suffer. Uh, my back and neck and i get but that's okay because i'm glad to do this because i suffer anyway so i learned to have a positive mindset going back to that question because it got so bad spiritually and mentally that it broke me broke my marriage uh, me and my wife were you know i mean here we just did a thing not that one year ago a while back and we, we we hit a pretty dark road and what's funny is i had to because of youtube and stuff discover spirituality mm. i i wasn't the most religious person i mean i believe in life after death and ghosts Oh, i got some cool stories with that too <laughs> I yeah. talk about that too with childhood i've seen some weird stuff um that's what got me fascinated ghostbusters and things like that and monsters right but spirituality what i mean by that is meditation and again with the power of youtube thank god um it saved my life so I, I i got big into that and it just put my mindset it just in a better uh, positive I, I'm, in a, I'm in a more positive mindset now and i always was and in youtube i had to be that way but off camera if you don't know that about me going back uh, only a few months ago i had a really i, I was in a really dark place man i, mean, I, I had severe depression anxiety i was really bad you know so people at like you reckon that and I appreciate that. Like, oh I always was at heart, but I was pretty broken. But now I have no choice. Failure is not an option. And I have no choice. I can't let this beat me. I have I have to believe every day. And I've had this question like, how do you deal with that? The toy collecting. So getting back to that saves your life, right? And you have to have hope. I've had hope that there's going to be a treatment, there's going to be a stem cell. With that drug company actually talking about it, a minute. It. And they go, you know how we're going to help these people? We're going to create a stem cell research and a therapy. And they actually, and there was a Facebook group that held them to that. And the same drug company was actually doing it in trials for two years. And they go, ah, you know what? We're not doing it. So, and that made sense to me. The only way to fix somebody like me, because you damaged all my cells. You damaged my mitochondria. You broke my DNA, what the drug did. And it can't repair itself is a problem. And the only hope is stem cell. And even if they come out with that, how effective is going to be? You think my insurance company is going to pay for probably hundreds of thousands of dollars? I can't imagine. Yeah. But I have hope for things like that. And that's what carries me on at this point. It's the toy collection. And that's what saves my life. And also interacting with people and what started me and my wife to start the channel. It gave me, going back to what we talked about, early purpose in life. Because I love toys. I love talking about it. You can see I can talk. I got a big mouth. (laughs) So maybe good YouTuber doesn't mean I'm professional. I'm far from professional. I just talk how I am. I script some things, some stuff I don't, but most part I don't. And, you know, it helps me connect with other people. Yeah. And what I really like out there being honest is people like yourself can see that and people who subscribe to you and you get to become friends with in the comments and i'm the type of person like i said earlier i answer every comment at least i try to and i don't just say oh yeah hi thumbs up i mean some stuff i do some people say oh you know they don't want to talk so it'll go thumbs up good video and i'll do the same thing but i'll have somebody to start a comment like that and i'll respond like that and they'll come back like that and i'll do like that and i'll give you all the time and attention you need depending on how i feel where there's people on the youtube stuff you know saying oh yeah if you uh membership subscriptions and i could do all that i don't do that i mean good for you if that's what you got to do or you know um oh yeah i'll talk with you i've seen people like mention that you know like if you're you know for three dollars a month i'm like I, if people ask me oh you should, you should do a subscription i'm not gonna do that i am monetized me and my wife are we do make a little money with the ad revenue but i don't there's a they have a new thing now where it's a a, a tip donation tab or something i don't mention i am now i mean yeah you, you want to support my channel donate but i don't i don't ever say that we're a lot of people do and I get it. You got to market yourself, but I treat you like your friend and like we're two people hanging out and you're very important to me. A lot of these people and I bring it up because it's a, it's amazing in the comments of how many people got to know me and trust me. We, we become friends, share their life stories with me. And the you know only people out there who suffer mentally, depression, their wives are in this case, going back to wives, hate their stuff. Yeah. Suicidal, they're disabled. They have a lot of chronic pain. This is stuff people have been communica- communicating with me quite a bit. And then they opened a door at me because they must have heard me talking a little bit about my illness, but I never really got into it like we are now. I really appreciate that to anybody watching this. That means a lot to me. And, and I'm glad that my channel, what I do, means a lot to you. So you see how it all comes full circle, this toy collecting? We're all in the same boat. And the grass ain't green to where I'm at because I got a lot of cool stuff. I went through a lot of hell to get it. And even then, and here's another Sarah point too, with my toy collecting. I can't even enjoy some of my own stuff. That big snake mountain or the Castle Grayskull, things are heavy. I can't even move it. My wife has to move it. We just set up everything different in the picture I gave you. There's a different layout now. We want to do a tour video. I couldn't move half that stuff. My wife, I can't even play with my own toys. I mean, aside, screw around my figures and my hands and stuff. A lot of times my wife will set up, take things out because of my tendons or I can't sit up long. I can't even play with my own toys and I got a garage full of stuff. How, how sad is that because of the disease, the illness, the pain is this, this injury I have. Right. So don't feel bad out there. The grass ain't greener is what I'm saying. And, and it's important. You guys mean a lot to me and it, 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 listen, whatever you want to share with me, I'm here to talk about it with you. Cause I'm in a very similar boat, you know, I'm not rich. I'm not, you know, so yeah, it's one of those things, I guess.
0: And, you know, that's awesome. And it's inspiring. And, um you know, and, and just in general, um, you know, the, the community of it can be so rewarding, you know, absolutely. And, um, and just the art of collecting, you know, it's, it's not our fault. We collect, we were programmed at an early age. You remember, absolutely. Every- Every, uh, television toy commercial announcer told yep. us collect them all. <laughs> and on the, <laughs> yep. and yep. on the back of the action figure <laughs> box, we were shown the whole line of figures, get the entire line, you know, but,
1: um, but now, but now you have a term for that. It's funny. It's funny. Where we're at decades later and you have all these new terms. I use them a lot. I think they're great. Nostalgia completionist, you know, um, I, I would sort of consider myself a completionist with some things, but not again. When not everything. If I don't like something, I, I'll walk away from it. I won't buy it. I won't review it because I want to be honest. I like it. I'm showing you what I like. I'm trying to be positive about it. If something's bad, I'll call it out. But at the same time, I I do like the card art thing, and there is a part of me that wants to collect them all. <laughs> so yeah, I totally how where you're coming from, and we're all, we're all like that.
0: Yes, it, it's yeah. very. Seriously, collecting, uh, gathering has always been a um, rewarding function of human behavior. i mean as old as time, you know. Um, You can even find animals that collect, you know. You you know when you're called a pack rat. There's a real pack rat that actually collects things. No joke,
1: man. (laughs) Uh, That's that's another good point too. Yeah, and uh, you you, got to be you got to be careful with the collecting. I've had these questions too, because in a way, in a in a, it's kind of a it's hoarding in a way. I have it. I have bins and bins and bins of stuff. It all bubble wrap put away. Now I'm very meticulous One thing with me, I have a Type A personality. I'm very meticulous. I don't like dust. I'm very neat, but my health it prevents me from cleaning properly. So my wife takes care of a lot of it. Vacuuming and and moving things around. And oh, I got. It. That's another interesting to- thing to a topic about toy collecting. Um, how complex it can be. With where are you going to store your stuff going back to the girlfriend the wife or what your other half or boyfriend right thinks about it Where are you going to store it um, you got to worry about humidity mold issues. uh, I have dehumidifier Just fires uh, stuff getting stolen Uh, collecting. You don't control your stuff. It controls you You got to remember that so (laughs) for something that's so rewarding it's well, kind of a curse and you got to have a, there's a strange balance with, and then a the cost and then trying to collect them all. Yeah. You, you, you know where you're coming from now. I want to well, ask you a question too, real quick. What is, we kind of go off topic a little bit, but what is your, are you married or you have a girlfriend? I'm sorry. Yeah, no,
0: I'm married. And, okay, cool. I thought um, you said that.
1: Yeah. What does your wife? Think about your current wife. Now think about your toy collecting. How did, how did, how does she handle it? Or what's her thoughts on it? Well,
0: <laughs> Look, uh,
1: <laughs> you see t- my wife in the video, and she kind of pointed out my flaws. And I, I'm sorry, yeah. we got, but the, that real quick, she was honest. Yeah. And going back to the YouTube video, she kind of got off track and forgot of all the stuff we're getting. But at the same time, she, money too. She's like, "Where'd that thing come from?" And I don't remember that, and this, and that, and that. And there was some things that I got that I didn't review, and she caught the eye on it. with all the, the the mess I got. And she's like, what did that cost? And I'm like, $60, $100. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can't blame them because this stuff is uh, – listen, I, my house, all the bills come first. I've, I never uh, – through my mess and and lost a job and my pension, I've never missed a bill. Things are getting tighter and tighter. This month, for example, trying to get that attorney. Yeah. But, you know, my wife works, but money is – is and. The toys are getting really expensive too. That's another thing, too. It's getting very costly and they collect everything and, and just to keep the collection going, whether reviewing or just for, for collecting personal collection, you know, your, your collection. It's getting costly and, and the women aren't stupid. They see that. Yeah. And, they, and especially if there's a bank account, they go, Yeah, well, you know, my wife too can see uh, $59.99, $100. dollars Some I've had months where you spend, you know, two, three hundred dollars on stuff. That's a lot of money. Yeah.
0: My, so <laughs> my wife laughs at it. I mean, look, for years in my marriage, if you came over to see my collection, I would take you to a bunch of totes in the basement and, and in the attic. And yep. 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 I'd be like RJ, you see those blue, blue totes? That's my Motu collection. You know, the green ones over there, Predator, the uh, gray ones, those are my comics. Um, and that's how I kept my collection. And, um, The reason was for a long time, I just didn't have the space. And I never felt right about keeping my collection in the common area, you know, just out in the living room, you know, I did once have a dresser next to my bed that had a hutch. And I was like, Hmm, you know, that size there with those little shelves neca wouldn't fit there but i probably could fit some predator eagle moss statues in there (laughs) which are like two-thirds the size of neca so the next thing my wife knew you know predators began um appearing on that shelf and you know she suspiciously squinted with one eye and watched that predator collection grow you know next to my bed (laughs) sounds like yeah and she she watched and she but She laughed. She'd love to tease me about it. She'd say, you know, when I go to bed, predators are going to get me, you know. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. So she's been um, accepting about it. But, you know, in the terms of toy collectors, you know, it's gotten better, but there's still some kind of. Stigma associated with toy collection in society versus other forms of collection like sports memorabilia or model collecting or stamps or coins or even collecting hardcover books or magazines. You know, we, the action figure collectors, are often incorrectly perceived as, you know, immature men and women who, you know. The man child.
1: Yep, that's right. Yep
0: haven't grown up that are subsequently labeled as less than. And then sometimes there's a um, prejudgment, you know, that is made like, oh, he has a shelf of action figures, you know, he must be immature, you know, even though it's exactly the same thing as other forms of collecting and probably one of the best out there to double, triple, even quadruple your value, you know, whenever you do decide to sell it.
1: I think toy collecting today is, well, like anything, it's, it's, it's more socially acceptable, like all kinds of weird things, you know, um, out there, yep. right. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, you know, be, being gay in a day was not and all, now it's, it, it's open. It's awesome. You know, you could be mm-hmm. who you want to be. We are, there's a lot of judgmental people too. And if you're going to find them, it's going to be on the internet and Hey, everybody's got the right to their opinion. You know? Um, yes. I think, yeah, what's interesting is toy. What, going back to my early days of toy collecting, I want to say around a few years into it, think about one of the most um, infamous movies that came around that really showed a man collecting toys it was The 40 old Virgin. I love that movie. <laughs> I love that movie. And when that movie came around, it was released, I think, in 2004. So I started in 1999. I was pretty already pretty heavy in the Spawn mainly Spawn stuff. Uh, that guy got a little bit later and whatever, all kinds of stuff I had. I, I wasn't in a mo dang because I, I, I got into classics. I came some years, a few years later, <laughs> later. Um, but that was the greatest movie. And at the time I was with my ex-girlfriend, that was really cool with it. And when she's, we seen it and my friends and people, people at work go, that's you. That, that, that and the man child with that name. And I go that, that's you. And I, I love that. That movie was so, it was so cool. But I'm like, he's got all his vintage stuff and going back to them soldiers. Remember he had like the, uh, I don't remember if he had G.I. Joe, but if you look in the background of that movie and I watched it quite a few times, he had some Spawn figures in the background. He had like a lot of vintage. Yeah, maybe it was G.I. Joe and stuff. He was selling on eBay later on. Um he had some Marvel
0: stuff too, I think. Uh, yeah, like I Iron think, yeah, all and that. Yeah, Marvel
1: and, and they were playing Mortal Kombat, this, um, the, the scene where they are playing Mortal Kombat Deception. I love that. It was one of my favorite Mortal Kombat's on PS2. That was one of the first Mortal Kombat's that went online, I think, and I, I played hours and hours and hours of that with the friend Tom up the street. Thirty, I, yeah, I was in an apartment. We played a lot of that. Collected toys, so I have a lot of memories. But um, it was cool. I showed all that, and that movie, I think, to me, in my mind, really started to open up the door on the adult toy collector. Then you started having Comic Cons come around. Now the internet was pretty big, and. Um, YouTube didn't come around, I think, till 2006. So it was only a couple years later YouTube came around. Yeah, and I remember going on YouTube for the first time. Like, uh, not dial up. I I just got in Comcast high speed. You know, mo- thank God and at the time. YouTube. Well, you needed that for the streaming services that came around. I think Facebook might have come around at that time and all that, You know, and um. YouTube was interesting because I started. Watching people play airsoft and we actually had a couple air so I might still might still I have an air a very popular airsoft video me and my buddy before I got ill We had these trace rounds on the gun. It's called airsoft tracer rounds part two and it's on youtube to this day And uh, you can see me running around we had a team playing at you know playing at night It's really cool night. I have night vision. I have generation wow. three night vision. Oh, we had some cool. We had top we had crazy stuff um So I remember watching that I remember seeing toy collector videos like, and this is really really wild so it really opened a door for that, I think. And then yeah. as time time went on, uh, yeah, uh, Sandy. So I said the Sandy Oak, I guess I don't know when that came around, but that started becoming big, and people started dressing up. And um, now it, it was funny because I met other people like me that would go off to Toys R Us, KB, and McFarlane, and all these toy companies. I think hot toys come around and um. So NECA was becoming big and McFarlane. But if, if you looked at a lot of these toys, they were really bizarre to me because they didn't look like something meant for kids. They looked like something for late teenager adults. And that's what they were going for. I didn't understand it at the time. I just thought I was messed up in the head and wanted to collect toys. But a few years into it, I go, oh, okay. Even NECA, as you know, started getting into Predator. Um, I remember, so I was big into McFarlane. I remember I was I was going to this treatment clinic i was getting all these weird ivs and doing acupuncture and I, I was doing all this weird stuff i did i did about nine months and they kind of knew that the drug injury they were one of the first people understood about the drug but they didn't know how to treat it But they were trying all kinds of crazy stuff my wife would take me there and i would have to use a wheelchair i couldn't walk i walk a little bit my legs would just yeah it, it, but i to wheelchair me around uh this mall and i remember going into a um I don't think it was KB and it was a smaller mall. It wasn't the first one I went into when I first started toy collecting, but it was like a Hot Topic, I think, right? Now, Spencer's and Hot Topic, those places started carrying the odd McFarlane and NECA stuff. Now, I never heard of that. I might have heard of them at the time. They're like real toys, but I don't think I have. Maybe I had one figure from them, something like that, but I was the type of guy like, oh, it's got to be McFarlane or nothing, you know? Uh, Right? But yeah, yeah. yeah. But Mm -hmm. then McFarlane, oh, I wish McFarlane would make this and this, and he didn't, but as you Expand your mind. Thank God I did. Um, I discovered NECA. So she's wheelchairing me through this uh, yeah, hot topic or something. I remember seeing some NECA predators. I think it was. They had some aliens out. And I remember looking at these packages. They were so awesome. The detail. I'm like, who, who the hell is this stuff? You know, we picked up a couple of them. Well, that opened the door for NECA for me because McFarlane was kind of doing his own thing. And he, he made some, the, um what he, uh, it was the horror He had a horror series. Right, that had right Jason the Freddy, which I had some of the stuff the the Predator, but Neca stuff, McFarlane kind of put McFarlane stuff is incredible detail, but he kind of put of his own weird spin on those figures. They didn't look accurate, and I still Mm -hmm. have them. Neca did it right to the movie. I mean, as best as they could for the time. Now the stuff, and I I just did some Neca Predators, unbelievable. Yeah. So that kind of opened the door for me, but the adult toy collecting really started firing up around that time. And well, anyway, look where we are now. we look two of us, and there's a million of these podcasts out there, and YouTube review videos, and Comic Con. It's crazy what's out there, and there's so many of us like that, man and women at our in their thirties and forties, um, that just have man caves or woman caves full of this stuff, like you're saying. And I'm gonna make another interesting point too, because you you just opened up something in my mind about you with totes and the little shelf. Now, getting back to the story I told earlier, my girlfriend with the TV stand, the Mc, the Mandarman Spawn, so forth and so on. I had, when I started getting big and collecting with her, about a year later, I had a custom case made. Now, I actually, sh- it's over there. I showed it in one of my uh, videos. I did a tour on it. Is I
0: that spent with like, the, the glass?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the big yeah. glass case. I spent $1,000 having a custom made. Mm-hmm. I had all these soldiers in it. The Ultimate Soldier, which I collected. And then I got into another soldier line called Dragon Models. That's another that's part of my collection we could talk about. <clears throat> I got real big into that. had about 100 soldiers, German, Iraq, World War II. Un- unbelievable detail. And I just did a video. Not that long ago, I was looking for something to do. And I had them in storage. And I took them all out. Uh, I, I sold a lot of them off during my bankruptcy at the time, going back to that. But I kept about 30, 40 of them. And I put a bunch of them out not all of them. And I was just showing how well that stuff holds up The dragon models Now the ultimate soldier that got me into it They were 12 inch, I got rid of all of them I didn't have a YouTube channel, I had a lot of them guys And the dragon models was a better version A more Again, they were designed For adult toy collectors Specifically to collect 12 inch Action um, mil- repl- military Replica soldiers, so I got into that Around the same time as Spawn But I had the glass case design Just all for them Later on I started and that glass case was in my spare room. And then my collection got bigger and bigger. Now, what I sit in here behind me, and you've seen the tours on this, is this is a 12 by 28. Considered a shed, but it's actually a garage. I don't have a garage door, but it's, a, it's, it's a built like a house. And I specifically borrowed money at the time. I had this built in, I think, 2005 was completed. And I had it specifically designed as my man cave, because I started having these. Um, I had a little bike shed at the time. And that's where I would keep my stuff. And this was a time my my wife now would come in and see my toys. And a lot of the collection spread between my house and that little ten by eight snap together bike shed. It was it was the man cave, right? I had mm. bikes and I had tools set up in here. And, and I had I, I built these like shells around. That's where a lot of my my spawn toys. So I had a combination between the house and the shed. And she would come in there and thought it was pretty cool. But the collection got bigger. I had this man cave shed built 2005 and I remember doing I, me and my buddies before I got ill did all the, all the work we had the outside. I had the framing done, but we did all the inside, all the custom works done by me and my buddy, Tom and his brother. So we did all the work. I put pergo floor on a light, all that stuff. My neighbor did the electric and um, well, I, I no, I pulled all the electric. He wired it all. I pulled it all. And um, that, th- yeah. Now what you're seeing that's that's where all my stuff is now. And I don't, I have one little shelf where I lay at night in my bed with a He-Man. I have a classic He-Man. I have a lobster boat that I built reminiscent to my diving days and my father's commercial fisherman. That's why my tour, I have sea creatures and a lot weird stuff around a coyote and a glass case tour. I have a lot of them. That's a whole nother psych- psychology of my collecting. Cause I always love miniatures. I always love, I always grew up in a water to see creatures. I wanted something peaceful. I talked about that. Uh, it's a dedication to my father. Yeah. My school diving and I've, yeah, that's why I have all that stuff. So that, that's kind of weird because you come in here, I got spawned monsters, Motu, in, and then you go to this 200 PC creature thing, you're like, what the hell is this? And they're really highly detailed. And they're they come from Japan. That's all Kyoto. So that's a whole other thing. And I got a, I got a whole toad of that stuff. But right now everything is in a man cave, and I only got one little shelf in my bedroom with a He-Man, with a boat, and I have a predator. Just so I look at it every day, just to re-remind me of how important my stuff is in a shed where days I can't get out of bed and do reviews and enjoy this collection. So, yeah, that's
0: it. So which is your favorite? I mean, if you had to pick, like, one favorite Motu figure and then one favorite figure overall, man. (laughs) If you had to, you know, gun to the head.
1: Oh, I love this one, yeah. What would you well that's a good one um if i had to take yeah that's a good i thought about this whole place ever burnt down or the roll end, that i had to take i always i always gave myself all uh, right you're, you're killing me here all right i always, many, gave, my, I always gave myself a dozen favorite figures a but we'll dozen. go with the one <laughs> <laughs> i always go to a dozen well um it would be my motu classics and card that i always show my view i always have everything card i get yeah. people make fun of me like oh i was in card? i go because i paid a lot of money for that and Hey, you want a comparison at a card? Wait, you know, wait till Pixel Dan, I guess it. He has everything at a card or somebody else. I'm just kind of, I'm not here to show you the classics, you know, uh, a review on a classics. I'm just kind of showing you the card next to the origins of Masterverse, what they look like and blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm not, it's, kinda, it's a it's a weird thing to review. I tried to bring them in, but I try to show you how good the Masterverse or origins did and how cool the clay or hold up or something like that. But to answer your question, and I'm looking up at all my classics now they are everywhere. Oh, boy. All right. If I had to take one figure out of all my Motu Classics in card, and that's my favorite line. I'm going to have to go with He-Man. I'm going to take the Classics He-Man with the chest armor. And I actually have one out of card. If you spin the camera, he's, he's behind me. I got one out of card and a Battle Cat. See my hand? Oh, uh, yeah. So that's a Classics Battle Cat. and That's a Classics He-Man. He's got a 2000X Power Sword. And that came from the... um. He came from the... uh uh the two pack when the classics first came out the superman he-man two pack or something like that okay. that's where he came from because he has yellow wrist bracers he has some variations compared to the he-man in card now i actually i have all the classics i have every one of them For, i am missing a couple guys here and there i have all the everything all the cla- i have all the classics collection i'm probably missing about several things cuz i just didn't want them or i just money the time like like uh I got Sheer and Swift win, but I never got, uh, I got Bo, but I never got Bo's horse. Um, I didn't want it. I never had got a Granamere, like Dragon, which is cool. You get Oh, that's... I know it's on the list. It's on the list. I did see one on eBay for like $500. There's Granamere right there. Oh, yeah, oh you're I killing know. me. You see, you, you, you beat me there. right? You, you, you got me. Um, I see him. Yeah, I can see him. You got the, it's the red one. Yeah, it's the he's red one The red, yeah. yeah, there's a red and green beer I never got a Granomir, but I do have it written down And believe it or not, every other month I go, I'm going to get a Granomir And sometimes you see a deal on eBay Yeah, deal for 350 400 bucks. 400 But now an attorney come up and go, well, he's off the list You know, but at some point I do got to get a Granomir Um uh-huh. You gotta have it. I have all the stuff. I got the classics. I I, I get everything. Uh, and, and but there's,
0: there's, there's two, several things I don't there's have. In brand numbers, man. There's the green one from the mini comics. You have,
1: you, have the, you have the green one too?
0: No, I went for oh. I went for the Filmation
1: one. Yeah, so. I think the green one was a San Diego Comic-Con, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the red I one. Think... I want the red one. The red one's the more... I think he's a pricier yeah. one, believe it or not, from on eBay. I'll get one someday, hopefully. It's on the list, but out of all the classics, you yeah, gotta get back to that. I have Pretty much everything, aside several things, and the Grammar is one of them. Um, I'm going to go with the classics. He-Man. Now, Super Seven had the license, and Avery released six original figures. And I'm looking at them right now. My there's Ram-Man, He-Man, Faker, Skeletor, and oh, Teela. But I didn't get the Teela because I already had the classics. I have a couple different versions of Teela, so I didn't. I didn't get the Teela. And somebody else. I don't. I think Man or- in Arms. Maybe it was Man in Arms. I don't know, but. I'm looking up there right now and that card when Super Seven re-released them. I like that one because the the card art is very reminiscent to the origin what the origins did. Explode rock. Here you go, mm-hmm. back to the vintage nostalgia. Yeah. So I can't get up to get one, but you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, you get the multiple heads with the He-Man, you get the vintage inspired head, you get the classics head, and I think they even have a Ulor head. You get the sword, the axe, the the, the, the I think there's I can't see from here. I think it might have the mini comic or it's a, a mock mini comic. But if I had to take every figure, I'm going to go with the classic super seven that he man done because it's he man. He man was what started it all. And going back to what saved our lives as kids. If you watch the show that made us, then the, I think it was a that one of them. Netflix did at the time. I thought it was interesting in there l- later towards the end when they were interviewing different people, the, the uh, brand managers and people from Mattel and, um, the guy who runs a uh, he-man.org. He was in there, I think. Yeah, <clears throat> right. And um, somebody had said something there that towards the end of the video that he-man and the Masters of the Universe, the vintage stuff, or stuff even today, saved our lives as kids. It's all we had, and I went, "Wow!" Just like me growing up with my weird childhood with my mom, and I, I always tell people this: my childhood sucked. But I had a lot of fun. Thank God to my stepdad. Thank God to the He-Man toys. Yeah. And something about that toy line, especially He-Man, he was a very. and That was the idea of it. That's what put that uh, marketed in our brain, like you were saying earlier. It was uh, you, you hold the power sword up. You were no, yeah, Goofy Prince Adam, and you could transform to the sky. It was intelligent. He was compassionate. He had just the muscles. He had a great look. He had a good personality, and the cartoon and in a toy looked really badass. But you wanted to feel like that. When I was a kid, or a lot of us were kids at that time in a very vulnerable position or lost, or we had problems at home. You wanted to be he-man. You wanted to be that guy. And that's what he did. And now uh, you carry it over years later. And he's a good looking guy to mu- you know, I was, a, I was a weightlifter. wasn't a bodybuilder, but you wanted to look like that. And all right, you know, there's some weird things. I mean, it, you you laugh at a like I runs around in furry underwear and, but you know, and, uh, all this stuff, but you ever look at a weightlifting competition, yeah, that's what they do. They wear skin tights or it goes back to wrestlers. How many people like wrestlers and they're oiled up? They got these tight, tight things and wrestling was awesome. And that really yeah. goes well with Motu. I mean, that's what the origins did. That whole wrestling line. And it works with it. I didn't collect that, believe it or not, but I used to love wrestling Hulk Hogan. I grew up with them guys in a day. And oh, Sergeant Slaughter. Sergeant Slaughter. And yeah, you know, all of those guys. Yeah. And that was around the same. You know, you were able to look up to those guys as powerful. You know, they were just powerful influence, even the bad guys. You liked them. So you like Skeletor and yeah, just how colorful it was, the muscles. And it, it saved us. And it planted a seed in our brain, at least for me. And now, layers later, you can collect a line, <clears throat> like the cl- going back to the Classics or the Masterverse. Or, they all do something different. The Classics, to me, I-, I never thought in my life they would ever come out with the Classics. Because the Classics, then I get this on my channel all the time. Especially comparing to the Masterverse or Origins, but especially the Masterverse. I like the Masterverse lines, trying to do something different. But it's very mixed on people. They either love it or they hate it and part of it goes back to the hate for that revelation court you know the season one and two the whole thing um i there was yeah, things I lo- in a revelation I loved,
0: cartoon i loved your tila video where it said like positive video or something like
1: i oh I,
0: you actually I, had that in the subject you know I, I, mean?
1: yeah, I yeah i listen that that figure i still have her i liked her there was things with that show i liked There was things i didn't to be honest um And I get people in comments like that show is garbage. Kevin Smith was a liar. Yes, to be fair, it was marketed incorrectly. Okay. I don't, you know, maybe if they just would have said, um, okay, it's going to be a show about Teal. We're going to kill off He-Man, blah, blah, blah. I think, and it would have been honest about it or marketed it better. And this isn't my words. I kind of thought about it as I listened to other reviews. I go, yeah, that's the truth. I got to be honest. And I like Kevin Smith. I like all his movies, Chasing Amy, Dogma. I-, I love the guy. I love his movies. But, you know, all right. I don't know what went wrong. Maybe he had an influence and in, uh, from Hollywood. and Oh, we got to make it more this and that. And, you know, make her a stronger female character. Because you see a lot of that in a lot of our movies today. And that's a whole nother thing people rip apart. And, oh, they're making a whole female and this and that. I, yeah, it is what it is. That's what people do. There's things I don't agree with. There's things I do. I mean, you got to try different things, but I did like that Tila. I really did when I got the 2.0 and I remember saying that video, but hang on to your horses. They're probably going to make, if if the Masterverse line continues, a 2.0 to look like the cartoon. I don't see why they wouldn't. And a beast man, and they did. And I did switch the heads out. I didn't mind it head sculpt, but when I did get the long hair one, which is gorgeous, I put it on at first body and then I kept the 2.0 just like she looked like reminiscent back to that vintage nostalgia because that's what it was trying to go for in that early part of that season 1 of that cartoon they try to you know um, go back to the classics and so i get that comment a lot on my videos all the time about the I, the classics is the best line I ever did now to be fair the masterverse has pinless joints you can find it retail retail for the most part i mean we, we all right that's a whole other story but it's cheaper the artic okay, the articulations. Be- I said that right, and the pins are all hidden. And if you could not afford the classics, it's the best option to maybe get a newer He-Man, to get your Teela, to get your Spike, or and they look pretty cool, and they do go well side by side with the classics. And there's even armors in certain parks you can mix and match, depending on a figure. Not not every figure. Um, I think it's a great line. I'm, i I I love the Masterverse, but the classics were I think was the best line ever made. Because not only the figures, the way they were modernized to look like the vintage, but, um, yeah, just the packaging, the accessories that come with. I mean, it's like taking that vintage toys, we love as kids, and making it, you know, more modernized adult, you know, uh, with better aesthetics, better scope, better uh, deco, articulation. What's still pretty good, Master Versus better. And, um, yeah, you can tell it's definitely for the adult toy collector, and that's what it says on it. And that's it, the greatest line ever made. But unfortunately, the classics line ended. And Mattel, they kind of did throw hints in, in a pod. Uh, um, some months back, it might have been Sandy. I think Pixel Dan or something was interviewing him. And he goes, hey, will you ever bring back the classics? Because that's always something people bring. And they go, ah, well, you never know. So for now, you know, we got the Origins and the Masterverse. And that's the best we got. But uh, yeah, the classics are my favorite line. And that He-Man will be the one I take. And he's my favorite. And that's why. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, there's a lot of things to touch on there. So I am. Gonna, oh yeah,
1: we can. So we're jumping back and forth. Yeah. you know, you, you open this door, it's a rabbit hole. There's so much to talk about. <laughs> it's just how deep well, the stuff can get. You know.
0: <clears throat> well, well, first, um. You know, my favorite figure comes out of the classics. If I had to take one figure, yeah, would be, what would be yours? It would be the He Man, um, club, the He Man 2.0, the club gray skull filmation, not the Super Seven one that comes with the three heads, the robot, right? Head, not the right, Man, but the club gray skull filmation He Man. Um, I actually have that, uh, right next to Skeletor, uh, right there. It's hard to see.
1: Now, he, but, uh, he didn't come in a box, he came in a regular card art with the. No, he, he came like, in he came in that he, slip box. Yeah. Oh, he it, did okay. Cause I have the other one. I have the two Super Seven made, the Skeletor and a He-Man. I have them hanging up in a card art from Filmation with the multiple heads. They're they're great. They look like they jumped right out of the cartoon. But I, I think this those. one was
0: better. I think it's an actual different head sculpt. Okay, um, I,
1: I it's hard to see, but I, I know yeah. you're talking. I don't have that one. See, I didn't collect all the filmation from Super Seven. I, I collected all the classics and some, but not everything. You know, it's I, I kind of yeah. By that time, the origins of Masterverse come around, come around. I think Super Seven lost the license anyway. I just start, mm. start going down that road. But yeah, that, that's a pretty cool one. So that, so you so would I'll, take that's the one you would take.
0: Yeah, and I'll okay. I'll, mess, I'll message you the figure so you can take a
1: good. Yeah, look yeah, at I definitely. I don't know if I can
0: grab it. it, but I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if that would work if I actually.
1: Yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm. It's cool.
0: Let's see. Let's see if this would work. See, the light is too.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. That's, it's very similar to the yeah. one I have, but yeah, I, I, Oh yeah. The face sculpt.
0: That different. looks great.
1: It's different. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. He, he, he looks a lot more like filmation and he's got, and it, and that other one seemed a little more translucent, the super seven one with the multiple heads. It seemed
1: the, the head paint smelled, was also very sticky too. Something yeah. didn't look right with the tan on. It, I noticed it's um too shiny. Yeah. Super um, Seven. I'm. I'm glad they took the license, with the Super Seven did have a lot of QC issues with a lot of their figures. I, that yeah. was, un, you know, unfortunate. That's the ones I got to take out. I have a lot of their classics, and I I don't have them at a card, so I I don't. I have, maybe I have a couple spares. I don't know, but like their thunder. I love Thundercats too. I grew up with Thundercats. So I have Wave One, Wave Two, and some odds and ends from Super Seven. Like Wave Two, for example, took two years to get had factory that's the one with the big um mumra uh, came with mm. uh tigra yeah and i i reviewed i might have showed them. Uh, i think i reviewed the, the mumra of all of them i just kept them in a cover but even empty for two years and when i took the figures out oh my god the qc issues i went just put it back in a card put it back in a bubble put the little things and uh, i could the minon card collector and leave it alone because it's not a side yeah. looking pretty they have a lot of qc issues unfortunately that's sad you know but so, um, or to go back to
0: everything you touched on, I do right. think, um, uh, even though Classics is considered the superior line, I do think Masterverse has exceeded it in certain
1: figures. Like I, That's I think, true.
0: I think Masterverse has been better with the female
1: sculpted heads.
0: Oh, oh they're, how... they're
1: getting really nice. Yeah. Absolutely. If you've seen the Shira, mm-hmm. um, when I had the she and I brought in my quart of Classics, I actually think the Masterverse She-Ra is, w- is better with the sculpt and the look and the body than the classics. Now the classics, vintage nostalgia, but the Shira in the classics line was kind of its own redesign. Cause obviously the Shira was a doll. I, I actually, I had, when I was collecting Motu, the, the line was ended, the evil horde came in and aside the horde was marketed to the, in the filmation as part of Shira. It was actually, I think part of the master, master Universe line, I remember. Where the the classics too. They then they added the horde sticker, and where the masterverse is going, to, they're using the most of the Horde at least horde that came out as Princess of Power, I think. But that Shira, and I think was way a lot better than I love my classics. It's own thing, but was way better. And I see the Frosta coming out soon, looks gorgeous compared to my classics Frosta, and the Tila 2.0 too. The, the face sculpts is getting really Great good on the sculpt. masterverse line. I Absolutely
0: i think evil lynn as well and then um,
1: uh, yep with the long hair beautiful i i have that one out with the long
0: yeah awesome and then <clears throat> and then like figures like triclops for me be honest with you i think that the masterverse triclops all in all is better than the classics triclops that had them I,
1: yes, that yes that that was a cool triclops i remember reviewing him and um i i mine's not mine's not out of card but that's a mix for me to be honest because the, the it's just vintage nostalgia i like that green one going back yeah. to the origins how cool it is but then that's what's neat too with our toy collecting you know how we can go that's how i say this like it's funny when you get uh comments and people don't oh that looks silly or just you know it y- you can have both you yeah. can take that childhood party and collect your origins collect the master versus classics whatever and sometimes you can focus your attention on the origins, which is more of a, a back going back to the simp, simpler vintage designs, but a little better sculpt and articulation, but to make you feel like that eight, nine, 10 year old again, with the Triclops, the way I grew up with them, or you could bump up to the classics that looks very reminiscent of the vintage Triclops, but way better. And I'm like, wow. So I really like that classics. Um, yeah. Triclops. It, it's just something for me over the masterverse one but that masterverse one is cool and unique in its own way so when i focus my attention massive to the masterverse it's like wow this is a really awesome triclops the way it's redesigned the way the visor is and he and again they were going more for that um filmation uh vi- vintage inspirational design but bringing it into the masterverse aesthetics you know
0: you know, and that's what's great about Motu and just all the different interpretations. And, um, you know, I'm a big fan of Masters of the Universe Revelation, but what's what's great is, um, you know, there is a lot of, inter- you know, there's, there's new adventures. There's the comics. There's the 2000X. There's the filmation series. There's the mini comics. You know, there's just so many variations. There's a the new CG show. There's something for everyone that, yep. um, you know, I never had a, and I never got into the, um, that, you know, this whole perception with Masters of the Universe Revelation that to Kevin Smith, uh, you know, so sold us a different bag of goods. If you remember in the PowerCon uh, announcement, and they posted the synopsis on the screen, they said, they uh, indicated that Tilo. <clears throat> was the star that tila that after a fractured eternia it said it was up to tila to save the universe and that was two two years before the cartoon yes
1: and that's where the rumors when you when it because i was excited to cartoon when it started leaking out a little like later on the animation i'm like oh my god this animation look it looks incredible and i think the same um who who did uh castlevania on netflix yeah i can't yeah right they did animation Powerhouse Powerhouse. Yeah, 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 incredible. I mean, listen, that cartoon has some of the most beautiful animation. I like the voice, light, light effects, it, it, the character designs, incredible. Oh, Lena
0: Lena Headey as Evil Lynn was fantastic. I yeah, mean, they, I mean, they, were, they were
1: absolutely. They were all neat. But I remember yeah. seeing that marketing uh, going back to what you're saying. um... The rumor started to leak, and I remember saying, oh, it's going to be the teal show, and is taking it. I'm like, where are they coming up with this? And then, of course, somebody pasted copies copy, something on YouTube about that synopsis, exactly what you said. And I go, I, I didn't know what to think. You know, that was like, a while before the cartoon came out, and it finally hit. And then, yeah, a lot yeah. of people were dis- disappointed. Um,
0: yeah, actually, I have it right here. It was PowerCon 2019. Okay. And so, mm. But but after a ferocious final battle, forever fractures Eternia. It's up to Tila to solve the mystery of the missing sort of power and a race against time to prevent the end of the universe. Her journey or journey will uncover the secrets of Grayskull at last. This is the epic He-Man and Masters of the Universe saga fans have waited 35 y- years to see.
1: That's correct. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. Yeah. Um.
0: And you know what was really. <clears throat> Crazy sometimes is when people said Tila was going to be the He Man and had the power sword. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I heard that. Yeah. And
0: being a filmation fan, I was like, "Don't you know that Tila's lineage that she's lined up to be the sorceress?" The sorceress yeah. <laughs> you know, and if you're familiar with that, don't you know where they're headed here? That she's not going to be the new He Man, but you know. I-
1: here, here's the way I look at it. Okay, and yeah. it, it, going back to reviewing. He man, Mo two, and uh, especially the Masterverse line, I get a lot of comments that people hate or like the toys. Now it might just be the look. Uh, I get a lot of people, especially like once somebody or say I myself get gets the figure in hand early or whatever I get in hand and go, and I you know the way I camera my techniques, it, I try to make it as clear as I can. Um, they go, wow, that looks a lot better than the promotional images. They go, ninety nine percent of the time, it always is. Yeah. It could be the origins, it could be the classics It always is, I don't know what who's taking the pictures Or it's early concepts, or it's just Quick photos, but I noticed that with every single figure You get it in hand, you go, wow, the eyes look great The face, the sculpting lot, Don't even pay attention to those images, number one Number two, I'm like And I get this a lot too Like, well, because, going back to the Revelation cartoon with the Masterverse Well, yeah, I, I watched the review I, I kind of like the figure now it, it does look better in hand. than, again, going back to those images, but I don't want to collect it because of the, the teala show or the cartoon or right that. I go listen, ma'am. You know it's okay to l- let your mind go in different directions. Like I, you don't have to take full. Some people do, but take full credibility in what you didn't like in a cartoon. Like why does a cartoon with maybe bad writing? Do I call it that or writing you didn't like or just a cartoon in general didn't like have to ruin your toy collection? Right. You can still collect the figures, put them on your shelf, and just look at them and imagine them in a different light. Don't even don't even tie that cartoon into it if you don't want to. If you do, fine. See, let me. Here's another thing people got to understand too with the Motu brand, a lot of toy brands, and this happened with McFarlane Spawn. You have to have a cartoon out today, or a video game, or some type of franchise to support this line, because if you don't, it's not going to survive. That's how people's mentalities are today With toy collecting Going, Like I was saying, McFarlane, this is what happened With a spawn line, you know, before the 2008 Crash, a lot of stuff And I remember McFarlane saying this in an interview He says, I was able to put out anything Spawn, creatures, wacky stuff People will buy it Then all of a sudden this push or this new mentality come around Like it had to be connected to a movie A show, a video game A comic book In order to for people to support these, these, you know, figures and toys. That was the new era of people coming in to to the toy collecting market. And that's true. So he ended a spawn line and now it's big because of the Mortal Kombat 11 game. Um, He's been working on a movie for 20 years. Who knows oh. when that's going to, you know, there's a 97 movie. It was fun for the time. I a lot of people ripped that movie apart too. I think it's fun. I liked it. it some of the special effects were cheesy at the time because they weren't finished yet. But you know, he did have that, but his is the longest running comic book to this day. So it helps support, support <clears> on <throat> a character. But because of the Mortal Kombat 11 game, he's able to push spawn out. Now everybody's buying it and expand back on the universe. And now he's the, the comic book again. So Motu going back to Motu, it's the same thing. You needed a cartoon because the filmation one, how, how many decades ago was that? Or the 2000 X that 2000 X2 was a great cartoon, but the toy line failed. Yeah, it didn't work. I don't know why it just didn't didn't
0: like those aesthetic. Like, no, the aesthetics,
1: nope, you're right. Mm -hmm. And I have quite a bit of those guys, but I did sell a lot off. And the more I got into Origins and Masterverse, I started getting rid of them. There there are 20 or 30, uh, maybe 20 I did decided to keep. But aside that, no, it the aesthetics were really very American anime looking and it reminded me of like a hunch position you couldn't move the heads very little 7 or 8 points of articulation like they they just they were they reminiscent look- looking of the vintage um he-man figures but too different too fast or something and i i think the newer kids coming in our generation just didn't want it when the classics came along some years later whole different ball game mhm the classics did it just right now okay So fast forward we're at the Masterverse What we're talking about and, I, and that's What I tell people like you know you, you Can if you like the toy Or the figure just collect the toy I mean it, it's But this mentality like I gotta hate the cartoon so much Or what Kevin Smith did or whatever that I'm not gonna collect that toy Hey listen you know Don't collect don't buy or what you Don't like and support your beliefs The way I do but I'll tell you what These toys are awesome and are cool and are getting better And I love Motu, and I want to continue to collect Motu. And the classics are around. Again, I always get that, oh, if it ain't the classics. Yeah, I was one of those people in the beginning. Yeah. It's got to be classics or nothing. When the origins just started to leak out, and I just seen the Masterverse figures started coming out, and I'm like, I don't want nothing to do with that. And I didn't have a YouTube channel at the time. What a couple of them. I got every, just again, just about everything now. And you, you see my channel, how much stuff I promoted and showed and bought and reviewed. I love them. I say go for it, buy it. Um, It's, it's fun to do. I mean, it, it's, uh, and now they do have with the revelation. There is another, um, sorry about my hands too. My hands are sore. I'm always moving. My hands to talk, yes. talking. Yeah. It's just the way I that's am. Right. Uh, yeah. I see myself. I'm like, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but there isn't, I think there's a third season coming out called a Re- revolution or something yep. like the, right mm-hmm. is that correct. You know, I, who knows how that's going to be, but I'm glad that they are. I'm glad to come out with third season now, another interesting um, show, too, that's re- that really helps push the Motu brand that's very important is that CGI show. That CGI show is awesome. I, me and my friend watched it. We binge-watched the whole thing. Love it. And a lot of people that didn't like the Revelation cartoon loved that show. Now, here you go again. The characters, are they're likable. They have their own design. It's fun. But I wouldn't compete them to the classics or Masterverse line. But it does pay respect to the source material. Has He-Man, even though they changed some things around like Ram Mama and Mosquito was a female. But it's funny. You don't hear people complaining about that. They're like, oh, it's awesome. Okay, fine. So you know what? That's going to motivate me to go buy the um, – maybe the, I have Classics Mosquito, but maybe a classic Mosquito on eBay if you don't have one. Or get the Origins Mosquito. Or want a Mosquito to come out in Masterverse line. Or if you did like the CGI aesthetics, go buy the CGI one. All the stuff works together. It's all important. I you, do.
0: I do think the CG show, though, um, it didn't cause as much of a ruckus because it just wasn't as well. There wasn't a lot of exposure with that show you know you have all those youtube influencers and stuff like that and revelation was such a higher price prof- profile show and you had kevin smith backing it you had actress lena hetty and mark hamill and the, these That's big true, actors yeah. voicing it where the cg show was kind of lost i mean the hardcore fandom found it but um it really didn't get the, the attention in the spotlights because, okay. you know, there were a lot of, I think, changes to the lore mm-hmm. and changes to the characters that if Kevin Smith had done them, he would have been raked over the coals for. Sure. So I think I mean, in that perspective, I just think it's the degree of scrutiny one received over another. But look, I am happy that people love that show. I'm happy there's people that love Revelation. I really think there's, like I said, there's just a lot of interpretations for everyone. I mean, if Barbarian He-Man never came out and uh, the only He-Man we knew was, you know, the good-natured Prince Adam, Clark Kent, Superman, He-Man, and this one came out, I'm sure people would be upset with that. Like, you know, here he is, Barbarian He-Man with a battle axe, chopping off heads, cutting off limbs, and killing indiscriminately, you know?
1: so. Listen you're not you're not here's the thing to you you're not everybody has their own Opinion what they mm-hmm. like what they don't like and you know part of having a you or in my channel I welcome it all haters or whatever I, I've got nasty comments and Again I'll respond but there, there's a point to where it gets argumentative and I, I'll just block you I'm not I don't, I don't have time and energy I, I'm not going to sit there and argue it, it, That's one thing you got to have a channel But I have gotten some nasty comments of people with a respected opinion I try to be just as honest but professional talk like i do i, I totally understand the point you like what you like and it's okay not to like it's okay to collect a master verse or classics or origins or whatever and like one two three four these five figures but hate or not like that one and i say don't collect it and there's people out there that's like because i'll give you an example with the origins with Sunman stuff coming out um i think it's okay i like it but there's Certain Sunman characters I have no interest in Now I have, uh, I'm one of the few people That have Wave 11, that, I have a Snakeman coming They should be here tomorrow for the Origins Nobody has them I'm, there, There's maybe one person on Instagram I have, Again, I did my little wacky searches And I have Rattler coming in, Cobra Con, Snake Armored He-Man, which I'll do reviews on soon And there was a Sunman character called Boltman The guy had him I had no interest in him Not buying him, because I want to be honest And if I'm not going to buy something, review. I'm not going to tell you Oh yeah, look at Boltman, and, you know how my over-positive, cheery, honest self, the way I like to review things, I, I'm, I'm not going to support it because I, I think it's silly and I don't want them. So that's just one example of see, wanting see, And that's the
0: difference between a, a collector hobbyist and a hoarder. Yes.
1: Well, because... I'm sort of a hoarder too, but I learned to let go of it. I, I was just as guilty, again, just like my mindset and how positive I am now. I was the same way, but I had to learn to let go of that and just – be selective. It's a process, you know. <laughs> it's
0: well. At least you were uh, able yeah. to do that because I do think it's yeah. um, an obsessive compulsive disorder that oh, of people course. literally. Um... We're all
1: nuts, man. We're all nuts. <laughs> There's something know. from childhood. I'm t- you. heard my story. Listen, yeah. I I consider myself. I'm, I call me nuts. That's okay. No, I'm no meant shame in it. <laughs> no, I'm you know, no. Look,
0: you and I are both collectors. I meant just hoarders yeah. wouldn't be able to say no, like you just. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Um, but, um, so, and, and, but collectors can, and, uh, collectors can enrich your life, you know, and, and, and maybe to put a bow on this, you know, whatever you collect, um, collecting definitely can add so much fun to one's life. And as you were expressing, it, it not just provides additional feelings of fun, but it can, um, well, provide accomplishment, right. And, yep. They give you fun goals to pursue, and uh, with nostal- nostalgic things like Masters of the Universe, it could reconnect us emotionally to simpler, happier times. Yep, and then, as you were saying, perhaps one of the coolest things that um came out of collecting and the internet is the sense of community we have now you know, the ability for people like you and me, like minded individuals, to meet. To Connect. meet each other. Yeah. And, and you're Bob, not
1: talking two or three people. You're talking hundreds of thousands, if not millions. Of, I mean, maybe we're, we're connecting with hundreds or 1000s to be realistic on YouTube, depending on how big you are, how much, you know, come to your channel, but especially what you're doing in your podcast. And the more you put yourself out there, the more people draw, you know, and you're, you're going to, and you, you meet a really interesting mix of people, people that most of it, I'll tell you what, if you're cool about things and you try to be honest like I try to be 99.9% of people, even if they don't agree with your opinion, you get along with great, you go back and forth. Oh, Hey, I, I appreciate your opinion. Respect it. They, they'll subscribe to your channel. You get like, you, you, you'll always get the one person. And it's funny. One out of a hundred. That's just hates everything. Hates you, hate your channel. Don't like what you do. We'll go attack. you. Don't agree. You know, that kind of, thing. and it's okay too, you know, but you're going to get that. But for the most part, it's positive, and a lot of people, like I said earlier, are just like us. They're all you don't we all come from a different grass, the grass isn't always green on the other side. You don't know what goes on in that person's life behind closed doors, whether it's their marriage, financial health, you know, m- m- mental, physical. You, you don't know. Um, and I met again people I got to become friends with. It's interesting the comments when they trusted me enough and open up the door and I open up my door and it's like, wow, you know, there's a lot of people out there. I think everybody's got problems. I don't care if you're rich, you're poor, everybody's got problems, but having something in common like this toy collecting, it's, yeah, it's a great, it, it's a great hobby. It's a great way to connect, but it's also a very sedimentary, uh, a laid back hobby too, if you wanted to be so. Now, you got the money. So the issues with it, of course, is the money, your space, and what your other half, if you're married in a relationship, thinks about it. So there are I'd say three of the biggest challenges. Um, but aside that, it's artistic. Like you said earlier, it's it, it's a value. You can, you know, sell it, trade it, sh- again, share it on uh, social media like we're doing or on YouTube or whatever. It's also you sort of control it now. Going back to you don't control your hobby; it controls you. <laughs> yes, the financial part, the store. Yeah, there's there could be a dark side to it too. But it gives us an opportunity to have this little world, as again as I call it, a toy mu- my in a toy museum thing is interesting because my wife said that and um, not not to get my brain to get off topic, but I remember sitting in my man cave at my dark times. When I start reviewing, I'm sitting in a chair. I have a recline. I usually lay back in a recliner, watching TV. I was in bad shape, pain, could barely move, uh, bad for yeah. days. And I'm looking up the, the, where my face is. A lot of my classics are up there, you know. And she's in here like this. And I, I don't know how the conversation come up, but maybe I said, "Oh, it'd be cool to have something bigger and more." I'd like to, do, you know. And it's easy not to lose focus of what you have and appreciate your stuff because I've been there too. You have everything, you have so much stuff, and you want more. You want more. You, again, it's, it's the completionist, the hoarding, the addiction. Again, it could be a di- whatever it is, but I I, I I've been there too, and, and sometimes I'm still there. But my wife one day said, You want know, you look around? She goes, uh, I, I might have made a joke, like, Yeah, it'd be cool. To open up a big toy museum, you know, something like that. Hmm. And I bring that up because that's my ultimate hope with all the things I have in store, plus the stuff. I'm like, well, what am I going to do to all someday? If I don't sell it or get rid of it, i will be like, yeah, it'd be cool to open up a toy museum. I mean, all right, that's a pipe dream between my health and money, but you got to think positive. You never know. And if all that stuff with me was aligned, I think I'd like to do that. Wow. Now we're going back to my wife. She goes, you know what? You're doing it. You have this 12 by 28 thing packed to the max. You have all these classics and things you told me about and all this stuff wall to wall and you are sharing it now on YouTube. We're sharing it on YouTube. they are coming to your toy museum. It's our reviews but when you do tours like me and you are doing now, you have that. What more do you want? Hmm. And I went, Jesus, you know, you're right. And for the first time, and again, it's another switch off my head like wow, I've taken a lot of my stuff for granted. I have everything I need and want. I mean, yeah, you always want more but yeah, it, it's, it's exactly So I had that toy museum And I get to share it with people And it gives me that hope, it gives me that passion It brings that purpose into my life And this toy, so-called Toy museum is where I'm getting at It's a little world you create And you control That world, you're God So going back to our childhood Of all the things we couldn't control Maybe it was home problems it, The bully that picked on you in school Um Whatever all kinds of the, the girl that broke Your heart in your teenage years the job You lost the the, the illness or the health You have or money we all been through all kinds Of crap Um, Now we're at that age where We get to take bits and pieces of that so we get to Have these perfect figures with Motu Godzilla Ghostbusters and this Awesome in both forms Whether it's going back to the Motu origins and a More simplistic but little modernized sculpt To live with that vintage nostalgia or things Like the classics that are just Looks like uh, yeah, you know, it's for the adult toy collector or things that Masterverse look like it jumped out of a cartoon. We get to surround ourselves with all this cool stuff, and we get to control it, and we're the boss, and share it. And the biggest thing too is it's art. That's what I always tell everybody too. I love art. I used to be a good artist. It's very artistic. And when you look around in your toy museum, like like when you're showing yourself, look in your <clears throat> your shelf. Excuse me. Look around. You you know you, you, you it's art. And what's the difference between action figures, whether you have ones that are older, that was $7.99, or I have figures that were $400, probably like you, or, or classics that were $30, $40, $50, $100, bucks, or that rich person that has a painting that was $1.4 million, and they have a lot of them that goes all a bunch of walls. You know? You ever see movies like that? I actually met somebody like that. I My wife had a person that was a millionaire. And they collected like fine art painting. And I'm like, yeah, good for you. And trophies. And I look at them. It looks like crap. I can paint better than that. But some famous artists made that. It was over a million dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it's on this person's wall. And that's what they enjoyed. More power to you. So our action figure collection is no different. Yep. Right?
0: It reminds me of that. It might have been a Kevin Smith movie. I don't remember what, where, you know, the, these guys are like making fun of the quote unquote nerds and they're like Star Wars and Star Trek get up. But oh, there no, it was, is...
1: um, um, he just made clerks. No. Was it clerks? He just has it because clerks three is no, it was clerks.
0: something older, but the guy no. was in like, um, Football get up because he was a football fan in a football okay. jersey and stuff like that. He's dressed like a football player. And and the guy, you know, in the in the Star Wars clothes or whatever was saying, Really? You're making fun of me? You're dressed like a football player. Is that any oh, different? Oh, I, I just
1: rewatched that. I just rewatched that some months ago on um yeah. Netflix. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And they went Jay and Silent Bob straight back. Remember been. they went on the whole comic book thing. And when they went to like a comic con, that's where they ran into. That guy. I got, I think so. Anyway, but one of those, but yeah, one sure. of those. I'm, yeah, I'm shooting, and that's your su- point. You yes. know what I
0: mean? It's just some people see it as different, but it really isn't different. And, well, that's and what mean. the
1: Kevin. That's what the Kevin. <clears throat> the um, I'm sorry, our. Uh, you were talking. Sometimes my my voice goes in and out, so I'm talking over you. And
0: that's all right.
1: You were. Oh um, <clears throat> that's what I like with Kevin Smith movies. Because I mean, he's, I mean, he had the comic book, right? Comic book man, the comic book store, and uh, Jane Silent Bob, and um, yeah, they were all into that goofy stuff. And they were some of the early guys, like going back to the 40 year old version that that you would see in uh, I'd be through their movies, I would say, because I like Chase and Amy and then it came out like in the um, around the time my dad died, believe it or not. And that was right when I started becoming an adult toy collector. If you look at some of the messages in those movies, and um, dogmata it's going back to being a nerd we're nerd whatever I, i've been just been called a nerd cave the dork the geek that you know you had a man child I, it's funny i think it's funny and but it's like that it used to be an offensive term but now we laugh at it because it's just like yeah my 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 nerdy uh today uh yeah my nerd cave or the nerdiness in me and we're talking about mode noise toys and a lot of the the messages in the kevin smith movies I had a ton of that and i loved it that new and it was a lot of new pop culture, you know, pop culture and comic books and yeah, uh, you, know, you see the toys in the background, dressing up like stuff and a lot of us now, you know, because of Kevin Smith and the Forty Year Old Virgin, a lot of those guys they help in San Diego Comic Con, all that stuff, and guys like Pixel Dan they help carry a lot of that inspiration into YouTube and social media platforms to bring us to where we are now and be able to be two normal people. Talking about our stuff the way we are, and you know, when people get to see this, I mean, if they want to sit that long and hear, I don't know, maybe a medical thing and some stuff, might people might get bored, but some people might be interested. Whatever. In the end, it's the toy part that ninety-nine point nine percent of the people watching things like this are going to love. Connect. Go. Yeah, that sounds like me. Oh, my wife is or my husband, or oh my god, yeah, my I know a friend like that. It's really important to put yourself out there, you know, and um. I learned that too doing videos. I didn't want to really put myself out there trying to be behind the camera when I did. And I, through the comments, people get to know you. Yeah, how passionate and how important this stuff is to us. We we need this stuff today. Not to mention from the things that we grew up in childhood. We we grew up spoiled, man. The 80s was awesome. The music, the cartoons, the shows. That 80s is a really a He-Man, right? Shifted pop culture. It was, it was unique. And brought everything... To where we are now, you know, or built some kind of root foundation that allowed, you know, the, the manufacturers, the car, car, comic books and uh, cart, the um, movie industry and cartoon industry to move on. It might have been slow, but to like where we are now to move on decades later with all this cool stuff in the markets flooded. With, I look at Motu, how big Motu is now I never thought mm-hmm. my life I thought once the classics, I couldn't believe how great the classics were I'm like, oh my god, it's the greatest thing And I wanted to keep going I never thought we'd see Motu again And I heard the Origins line get released And I was like, eh But there's so much Motu out there now It's crazy with mm-hmm. Pops Masterverse, you got, you got Origins You got cartoons, you got the CGI You got the little minis uh, I don't collect everything But it's awesome and there's stuff out there I see. I got it silly. I don't want it. But some people love it. And I said go for it. Support what you like. You, there's something for everybody. So And going back to the cartoon, what you like, and the toys versus cartoon and whatnot, support what you like. There's something for everybody. If you didn't like yeah. the teal in a cartoon, but you liked her in toy form or that 2.0 verse, buy it. Don't say, oh, I didn't like her personality, so I'm not buying it. That's silly. But you'll really like that figure? I mean, really? Buy yeah. it, put it on your shelf, you look at it, you won't even remember the cartoon, or vice versa. Maybe you don't like the thing, you like the cartoon. And you know another thing, too? You can always go back to the past. And that's what that nostalgia is all, all about. You know, the vintage cartoons, if you don't like the new stuff, they're on DVD. Go buy them, watch them a million times, or the 2000X, or, or 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 how many people like to go on eBay and collect the vintage stuff? The vintage stuff is what started all. I have no interest in the vintage stuff. Um, I shouldn't say that, I do have... I do have certain play, uh like the Dragon Walker still and the um, Slime Pit, certain things that go great with the Origins. And if the Origins makes a better one, then I'll replace it. But I honestly don't have you know, any desire to get the vintage figures because the Origins, never mind the Classics and Massiverse, did them better. Yeah. I want the next best thing, but I still want to feel that nostalgia when I'm looking at them guys. I want to go, oh yeah, that's it. But some people don't want that. They just want they like watching. We go, I-, I want the whole vintage collection on eBay. Then go buy it. It's out there. And you can fix the little rubber band legs today. And there's even... Um, there's companies today that make custom cards now if you want to spend the money. And that's the thing too. How much do you want to spend? How far do you want to go? We live in a time where everything and possible. 3D printing. Yep. Everything. I mean, you could do anything and have anything you want. You know? And another thing I tell people too. Real quick, I'll make a point of this. Being positive is... I'll get people on a channel. We'll see a tour or something in the background. Uh, once again, I'll use that example of the super seven snake mountain. Cause that's a very impressive, expensive place. Never mind The attorney is coming out. And I had a guy see that in the background or something like that and go, Oh my God, I, I, I'm so jealous. I, I, I wish I can have some of the stuff you have again. You don't want to be in my shoes, grass ain't greener, but I'm like, you know what? If you think that, you know, put that in your mind. Now, that's a spiritual part of me talking. And there's, I get it, the whole thing with that, but, you know, if you think negative, negative things will draw to you. It, it's called law of attraction. It's very bizarre. And it is true. So I tell people, don't think that I'll never have that. No matter how poor you are. or a lot of these people, too, they don't have a lot of money. They're disabled or they're sick, too. And, um, yeah, I don't have that. I have a little, little place or just anything. Don't tell yourself that. Someday you'll have it. Figure out a way to have it. You'll have it. You know, I, I believe you will. Because I was one of those people one time, like I'll never have that. I'll never do this. I'll, I'll, I'll never. And like I said, I'm, I'm on a pen. I'm on a, a very limited income. I have a tiny house. So my wife works, and she has health issues too. And uh, I can't believe the stuff I had. I made it happen. And some, sometimes you got to make sacrifice. You got to. I've used credit card money, or I had annuity. When I left my job, I had a big annuity that I put a lot. Of, I put 18 years into. So I helped. Ca- I cashed some of that out, pay bills I had to pay, and that's. That's what helped me fund a lot of my classics was people like, How'd you get all those classics? You will know, tell a story. Cause I, I didn't even know the classics existed. And I bought them all on eBay years later. Thanks to yeah, Pixel Dan. I get the whole thing of how I discovered them and I didn't even know I, I didn't know they were out there. But it took me about four, almost five years to acquire them all, all on eBay. So do the math. Yeah. I don't think I found one figure in car that was under the cheapest one, was probably thirty bucks. And the most expensive was I probably I have a few classic figure <coughs> figures that were $200 a piece in court And I still have them. I'm no what? richer than anybody else, but I did that because I had, I had a unique money opportunity, you know? Um, and like I said, I've been, uh, some years prior to that, I was bankrupt and we barely had enough money to eat, pay my bills. I was losing my job. So you never know. It's interesting how life goes. It, there's ups mm-hmm. and downs. I, I live with it now. And, um, Believe it and you can achieve it. And don't ever tell yourself no and it won't happen because I don't want to hear that. Yes, it will. You'll you can have those things. You believe and you try and uh you wish it hard enough. That's all I can say.
0: <laughs> well, that's a good positive statement to uh end. Let me see. Almost three hours. We're wow. about okay. 40 seconds away from three hours. Okay. The, yeah. Um we've really run the uh gamut, my friend, but yes, sir. Uh, before we close off, um, do you have anything else you'd like to touch upon before we sign off? Yeah,
1: not, you know, uh, yeah, just uh, keep collecting, man. You know, it's I, I, I appreciate if anybody stayed just wherever this is going to be, you know, uh, uploaded we'll and marketed,
0: Amazon and Apple okay. and uh, Spotify, oh, cool. everywhere.
1: Cool. Yeah, listen, I appreciate everybody that stopped in and took the time to listen to both. AJ and RJ, both of us, you know, um, yeah, collect is very important. You you heard my story, you know, as I'll say it again, a grass anchor on the other side. It, it's, uh, especially with, um, the the things I get on the comments with uh, your spouse, not liking or whatever, that's, that's a big problem too, or money, you know, uh, there's always ways around everything. And, and what your spouse, you know, if your spouse has a problem with it and you, you do have the money, and you're really passionate about it. Sit down and talk with them, because this hobby is really important to people. It really is today, and it's only growing. And um, yeah, just uh, always think positive. Just that's all I can say through everything. We all have problems, and it really save it, it. saved my life, and it saved a lot of people's lives. And the biggest thing too is um, if you if you are collecting, the way we are. Put it out there, man. Make some YouTube videos or Facebook, you know, or Instagram, and share it, because it, it just it helps bring more people like us into the community. Try to be positive about it, and just uh, yeah, put yourself out there, just like I did. I was a nobody, still am, <laughs> but no, uh, you know, but but most of all, be honest. You know, just just, yeah. just be honest and be passionate about what you do, and collect, and don't ever. Any other thing too is. You can't be perturbed Or you can't You're going to have You were saying this earlier too AJ You're going to have people out there To attack you For the most part If you You blend into the right community And we're in a day and age Again uh, Today To where Like us You just go on You make a YouTube channel Instagram Whatever You're going to draw 99% of people That's going to be like you Or interested in what you are But you're going to get people that Hate what you do Don't agree with it Think it's weird Uh just very negative, or uh, they're just not nice people, or, or maybe they are and they just don't like it. You can't take offense to that because it's really easy to have that one person, especially on YouTube comments. I'll, I'll give it to that. And I, again, when you read uh, some of the bigger channels, if you notice, don't even answer comments; To shut them off. Or they just don't even read them. Or I answer everything. And uh, going going back to like a Spotify, like Joe wrote, you know, you ever like Joe Rogan podcast? A guy like Joe Rogan, I love Joe Rogan; he's awesome. But I remember a guy as big as he is, and he talks about everything and anything, saying, I never read my YouTube comments. Because one day I – or something like that he was saying. He goes, one day I started going through my Twitter and YouTube. He goes, oh, my God, I want to, like, kill myself. I, I, this Joe Rogan, he doesn't have to worry about anything. He's the alpha male of all alpha males and a millionaire. He doesn't care what you think. But he's a nice guy, and he's very honest and genuine, going back to, like, Howard Stern. That's what I like about him. And he says, I don't even read them comments because I read a few of them. I, I couldn't even – I just it, like, almost shut him down. I started doing that early on my channel too. And I get, you get that, you know, a one comment. Oh my God. It's just like early on making me want to quit. I'm a failure. Oh my God, what's wrong with me? I'm like, you know what? And the other 99% of people like me, you can't be, no man, you just don't ever let that eat you up. Just block it, move on, be who you're going to be. Love your collection, support it. And, uh, be positive. And you're going to draw, draw people just like us. It, it only, it only gets better, you know? It's like a fine wine at toy collecting. It gets better <laughs> with age. Sometimes, sometimes it gets overwhelming too. And um you know, an interesting thing too is, and I've been asked this or I even read about this, where do you draw the line? I don't know. I've gotten to the point to where when I started collecting a lot of stuff, just recently I started boxing up a bunch of things. Um, older spawn figures from series one. You got to learn to let go of stuff too. Like we were talking about earlier, like being a completionist or being a hoarder, you want to call it. I I was one of those people. I had to start letting go of things and you got to ask yourself, what doesn't have meaning to me anymore? If that thing's not my life anymore, is it going to bother me? And I slept on that and I started thinking about a bunch of stuff. Um, So just recently, my wife had four boxes of toys, some things duplicate, some things again, older. Figures that McFarlane did better ones of, like Spawn stuff, even uh, Motu stuff. And we donated all. We gave it to my neighbors, or you could sell on eBay. eBay is aggravating. I did that in the day. eBay used to be awesome to sell on. It's a great place to buy, but selling because of the fees and this, I don't even want to deal with it. I don't have the energy. So I just give it away, give somebody else something cool. So you got to know when to let go, and you got to try to pre plan when your collection starts getting really big, not only for yourself and your finances, but maybe your spouse. Or your room you know your your man cave or your house because it does get overwhelming and you, you got to start figuring like look behind me go okay oh well, my shells are out of room i got 19 totes stored i even have people say oh i got three storage units going uh, my wife's got like a storage unit for stuff it's like 100 bucks a month i'm like nah when it gets to that point if that's what you got to do to hold on and have that hope for your museum someday like i did you got to do what you got to do but you got to also know when to start walking away And making room for newer stuff, you you know, just kind of go from there because it it does get, yeah, there is a bit of stress to it too. So that's probably the biggest point you got to ask yourself if you want to start toy collecting and if you're really heavy into it now is what do you plan to do with all this stuff? So yeah, you know, just figure out where you're going to make room, where your next money coming, you know, your next, uh, where the money's going to come from. Are you paying your bills? Are your kids taking care of first, of course, and put it out there. Put it out there with social media because I think it's important to a lot of people.
0: Yeah. No, that's a good caveat to make. Um, yeah. l- like anything in life, um, something, anything can get addictive.
1: Sure. So
0: make sure whatever you can afford in your recreational uh, budget for this yep. or any other hobby, make sure you stay within that budget. And uh, and and be sure not to neglect your friends <clears throat> and your, your loved ones. No, absolutely. You know,
1: that's, and, that's no, that, that too. That, um,
0: enhance your life with collecting, yes. don't replace it. Don't replace your life with collecting.
1: You, you know, what's interesting, too, real quick with my collection. Yeah. It's not only is it a place to get away, like I'm doing now, and when I come in here, too, and I really stop to sit to look around again, that's a museum, it's a whole other world, brings a purpose in my life, it's just makes me feel like a kid again makes me breathe better. makes me feel better about my whole circumstance, situation. But I don't really spend a lot of time out here. And it almost, part of this area, when me and my wife get into it, it feels kind of like a little bit of a job now. It reviews. It's like, oh, next review to this, that, that. You got to watch that too. And I spend more time with my wife. Now she works. It depends on my health. But then I do with my toy collector where at one time, video game playing, again because of my hand I, I, my hands and my eyes and my I, I have hard coordination to all this neurological mess I don't play a lot of games the way I used to but when I did there was a point in my life where I would spend a lot more time on my toys and my hobbies and when I wasn't old, playing airsoft, so and I wouldn't neglect my my girlfriend and to be honest my my fiance at the time I think it was part of a splitting up I, I take full responsibility I mean she had her things too but I that's when I got big into toy collecting and spending too much money and uh yeah I neglected her and I'm totally guilty for that. And that's what kind of led to the, de- the demise of that relationship. Mm-hmm. And even my wife too, we went through hard times and, I, you know, it's some of the challenges, not mentioned, we don't have enough now, but I started to get really too much into the toys. Now she is part of this world, but it's easy. The money at the time she was in here. Oh, did you get that? Where the money? What are you doing with that? This, that, the other thing. I- I'm not happy. I wasn't happy. I was lost again. And she's the one to turn. Uh. Oh yeah, you, you don't realize what you have. It's a museum. You have everything you want. So yeah, that's very important. Exactly what you said. You do not neglect your your spouse, whether you're a woman collector or a man collector, because that toy collecting too really um it causes divorces and ruins relationships. It can it Yeah, can. I can. I I have re- it, it can strengthen them too, and and you know make your here's a good thing too. If you have kids, I don't have kids. I think it's really awesome. When somebody, I'll give you an example Like the Motu Origins, somebody comes to my channel And oh yeah, I, I, lo- I love your reviews and your channel I just bought that figure For me and my kid, you know, something like that I go, that is awesome, because the kids First of all have to support this, These lines at retail For it to be strong, and so does a cartoon You need that for the marketing, a lot of people go, no, no It's for the collectors, collectors are only about 18-20% to 20% of the retail Market, it Is not, it's all the kids These driving brand. you need The kids to really drive these brands home um, or to keep it going strong, anyway. From what I know, but I think it's so awesome when a dad or a mom, especially I talk to mainly men, uh, share it with their kids. And then that, and I have my I, my neighbor is the same way. He has a transformer collection. His wife's a little weary about his collection. She didn't like it at first. Give you an example, but he had a couple kids already, and he he collects transformers. He got some for himself, you know, but a lot for his kids, and they bond with it. Now the wife's really cool with it, mm. and then of course he works a lot and they're able to separate that and spend time with the wife. So yeah, I heard her from all angles. Yeah, <laughs> Be careful with that. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. everything's a balance. Indeed. All right, RJ. Well,
0: um, I want to thank you for being on today, man. I really appreciate your honesty and your openness, Of course. Um, you know, about your hobby and your life. And, um, I think there's a lot of people who can take a lot out of this, um, especially in regards to um, your, your positive outlook and your, your effort to stay that way, regardless of any of the challenges you are facing. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I I appreciate you having me on and taking the time to uh, yeah, set this up regardless of where you want to put this or just, Hey, even if it's just between us, it's, it's, uh, whether a few people see it or a lot of people see it, I think it's awesome. Um, you know, it was a little challenging at first for us to get together for obvious reasons. And uh, yeah, if it wasn't this, or I had the post because I was, my health went down to tubes again or <laughs> can't get yeah. the camera to work or just sound like, oh my God, maybe it's not meant to be, but no, this was a great experience. And I thank you for having me on and, uh, yeah, just your professional mannerism through all this. And, um sharing some of your stories with me let me talk and li- yeah listen to my biz- my bizarre moving around and going back and forth and repetitive oh. actions <laughs> again I, the medications of my, i don't want to use that excuse but it's true where i get dry mouth and my brain goes a little wacky i was a little oh. nervous in this too because of some of the issues i yeah have being it's almost like a live stream even though you're going to edit this and then it's it, it's it, it's not but it is in a way because normally, like I said, when I do reviews, I got to pace myself, do a lot of time. Sometimes I got to refill myself, retalking again because I slur or I- I'll listen to myself in a review and I'll go, I- I- I'll film something, I'll lay down I'll go, yeah, and I'll go, yeah, what did I just say? <laughs> you don't realize like people like my reviews and think I do a professional thing. I'm like, I'm a mess. You got to see the retakes I got to do and go back and film another clip and then they it back in the editing, you know, or sometimes I, I, yeah, it's, it's a medications i So I do the best I can, you know, and I just try to be positive and i be honest and, and I am who I am. I don't try to fake it. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty messed up. I'm a lot of medications and I'm just an everyday toy collector, had a screwed up childhood. And I try to think positive with a, I'm very passionate with the toy collection and stuff I get. And that's what I try to share with everybody. And that's what I do. And this is how I act. <laughs> so, I appreciate you having me on. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what else to say. Probably said it a dozen times now, but yeah. um now this is great. I really uh it means a lot to me and hopefully it it means a lot to other people just uh tune in and listen and enjoy it.
0: I think it will. So, you've been a uh, pleasure buddy and that's a wrap for We want to thank uh, RJ for being on today and thanks, you know, to all of you out there for listening to this podcast. Uh, And if you haven't checked it out yet, be sure to head on over to the man child YouTube channel to support all of RJ's awesome content there. And if you, and if you enjoy this show, uh, please show us your support by subscribing to our streams, our channel, and please give us a like and a comment below. And you can always drop us a line too, by sending us an email to forternia at gmail.com. We really love the feedback. And as always, visit us at fourternia.com for the latest updates and news, as well as links to our social media pages like Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram that can help you stay up to date with all the Revelation, Revolution, Masterverse, and Masters of the Universe content. So that's it. We'd like to uh, thank you again for listening and let the power return. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Take care, everybody. Have a good night. Be safe.